The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey there. Welcome to Nick Pollock and Friends, where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Today's episode is with Elena Dare and Chris Towers, both who have already been on Nick Pollock and Friends. And we did a special event on Saturday uh, just for the sake of hanging out with Ellen and Chris again. I've been joking for a long time with Chris that I don't agree with his take about The Last Jedi being one of the better Star Wars films. And I said, you know what? Let's just mess around, have a fun Saturday. We live stream this thing on YouTube. You can check it out on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash PictureList, where I told Ellen and Chris, let's do this for about 45 minutes or so. And it turned into two and a half hours. So I know this is intimidating. You're going to see this inside of Spotify or Apple or whatever you're listening to this and saying, are you serious, Nick? You debated this for two and a half hours. We did, I guess. Uh, I hope you enjoy it in some way. I mean, honestly, I, I I love both of these people. Ellen Dare, Chris Towers. You guys know them both. CBS for for uh, for Chris Towers, Ellen Dare, an actress and very prolific in the baseball world. Um, they're just great people. And I, I hope you enjoy listening to us debate the silly, silly thing that is if The Last Jedi is actually a good Star Wars film. So we are here for Star Wars, colon, The Last Jedi, colon, The Debate. And I am here with Nicholas Peter Pollock and Chris Paul Towers here to attack and defend the proposition that The Last Jedi is the third best Star Wars movie of all time. And my name is Ellen Adair, and I am the moderator for this afternoon's debate because I have seen every Star Wars movie once, but not more than once. And so I am the rare human being who enjoys the Star Wars franchise, but doesn't have incredibly strong feelings about it. I was not raised on Star Wars, as many people were. So the thought is I can bring a little bit of uh, objectivity to this. And despite being uh, an anxious over-preparer by nature, I did not re-watch this film for this on purpose. That was the request. So, you know, you're welcome, and also apologies. One thing I will say is we might both be attacking the proposition that it's the third best. <laughs> Great. Well, this is, oh, that's it what... might be the second best. <laughs> oh, man. We saw that on Twitter. Uh, we saw people actually pushing number two, and that's just... Don't push it today, Towers, okay? I, I mean, this is already an egregious offense. And I, I it, it's very weird for me, honestly, to be so negative for a change. And it's more out of respect for the other films that I am here today saying so this. So, this is the thing, though. 
Yeah. How many Star Wars movies are actually good? Ah, okay. So, so hold on. Okay, we're gonna. Because if you don't think think the Last Jedi is well, okay, we're hmm. then you definitely don't. Hi everyone. I have I have written terrible terrible notes, and this was actually just on uh, the Last Jedi. I had one for the Force Awakens too, because I feel like that's actually a very important part of the failure that is uh, the Last Jedi that I lost. So that's really cool. But (laughs) I before we begin, I wanna I wanna hear. I I want this to be. You know the process needs to be right. Okay. You know, I want. Okay. I don't. I, this could very easily be just you know two three hours of us just shouting Screaming. back at each other. Yes. Yeah, sk- Are you saying that's not what it's going to be? Maybe, but let's try right. to not make it that at first. Um, by the way, I don't think e- anyone has heard either any of us scream. I mean, you have, of course, but like from a, a genuine scream. I've sc- I've screamed as other people. Right, yeah. but not yourself, and not at a ball game or something. Oh, uh, uh, right. Maybe I did karaoke. Last week, right, and but, it was a really I did vindicated by dashboard confessional, so I really oh. had to get into it. Yeah, yeah, sure. But what I mean is like the actual anger and frustration screaming, and there might what be some value to actually like bring that out of you today. I'm trying to think what the last time. Yeah, right. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know when I did. Anyway, so we're gonna have a due process here. We're gonna have a real good thing. I think opening statements are in order. I agree. Okay. okay. And Chris, would you like to start? Yeah, did did do you have something prepared like a like an actual script? Maybe I've got notes. I have notes. That's, I've watched that's what I've it. Got. Last, so it's all here. What I'll start with? I it's watched been here the, for eight years or whatever in this movie. I rewatched the movie out. last night. Um, yeah. And you know when I talk about this, I've talked about this movie on Twitter a lot. That's how this started. Is it's the it's like I get more angry replies when I say I like this movie than like and like like anything like vaccine policy like. <laughs> Like real hot button issues, but it's like I like Star Wars: The Last Jedi. No, you don't. You don't. You uh, don't. You don't know what you like. But sorry, I I'm interrupting your opening do. statement. This is so rude of me. Uh, yeah, please order. Clearly, order. So clearly, someone wasn't in debate in high school. No, I was not. Wow, amazing. Um. So yeah, every Are time you I w- saying that you were in debate, I was in debate. I wasn't good. I was really, really terrified of public speaking up until. I mean, I guess like once I started doing this job and I had to get over it. Right. But like, yeah. Um, so I was really bad. But anyway, <clears throat> every time I talk about this movie, I'm like, yeah, I think it's the third best movie, but I understand why people don't like it. And I always like, but then like when I'm actually watching the movie, I, I, I've got my notes and it's probably like three pages in a Google Doc. And um, I've got just regular notes, just general things that I'd noticed. Uh, then I have a list of good things about it and a list of bad things about it. The list of bad things is just not that long for me. Wow. Because I really, I really love this movie. I genuinely like, it's not like a bit. It's not like being contrarian. I like when I walked out of that movie, there were like several moments where I was like, I need to go see this movie again. And I went and saw it the next day and I loved it even more. And so... I think, I, I guess the way the ways I would start would just be to talk about the things that I think are, on a certain level, obviously there's subjectivity to everything, but the, there are things that I think are generally true about this movie and the, the things that I like about it. And so, obviously anyone can disagree if they want, but I think generally speaking, it is the most well-crafted Star Wars movie. Just in terms of the the craft of the movie itself, the way it looks, the way it's 
the the screen the 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 script you know regardless of like whether you dislike p- specific plot points i think just the things that the people say the way they say them the way the film is made the way the film looks i think it's just an incredibly well crafted movie it has in my opinion three sequences that are up there with anything in the entire series when it comes to just like can i curse no holy crap that was <laughs> stunning and so you, you know, should me, know better chris it is uh well it's and i'm never sure because like on cbs i definitely can't no yeah uh, i think there's been one curse word said on fantasy baseball today and it was by al melchior Ow. <laughs> like eight years ago Get and we it we died <laughs> it was just so he's the, he's the sweetest nicest guy That's it was amazing amazing it was so good um so i know i can't but anytime i'm on someone else's podcast i'm like I mean, come on, Chris. I use the good place replacements. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. that I can still have like the emotional emphasis of getting to have right. a swear word. So holy shirt. Yes. And so the 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 three things that really stand out to me, and these were immediately on the first watch, are one, the holdo maneuver, the scene when she flies the ship into the Star Destroyer. Oh yeah. Um just whatever you think of the the physics of it and and all that. Just the way it is shot. The sure. way she jumps into light speed and the sound cuts out. And you get this like... It's weird because you don't get a lot of things. Like like Star Wars is a very... Um, very real... Like this is a dumb thing to say about a movie about like Space Wizards. But a very realistic movie. Like in the way it's shot. You don't get a lot of like... Like you have Luke in the cave on Dagobah. But other than that, most of the things you see are what happened. Um, the way it's shot. But this is very like, you see Snoke's Dreadnought, but then you see like different little versions of it shown throughout the screen. And it's really like, just it's very striking. It's almost like, it almost cuts to black and white a little bit. And this, like when I saw it for the first time, I was just like, wow. You're, you're talking about the Star Destroyers. Yes. That get blown up too. Not like not like interpretations of Snoke's ship. Oh, is that what's going on? Yeah. I thought... Yeah, she blew oh. through all of the Star Destroyers and the ship. Oh. Yeah, not a point in your favor if you ask me, but that's... We'll get to that later. See, no, I... I okay, maybe. I always yeah. interpret it as a... a okay, maybe. Um, the second one is right around the same time. The throne room scene. Just unbelievably striking. The, the, the sharp red of the... The, the the background the Praetorian guard uh Snoke's like amazing gold robe <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah that's, that's, a, that's a gorgeous in. thing absolutely um and just the whole scene the lead up to it when Snoke when Snoke thinks that Kylo's gonna kill Ray but Kylo's actually gonna kill him and, and all that just Andy Serkis right, he, he's, giving he's describing you know the, yeah, the feeling he thinks it's actually doing yeah. it to Ray, but he's really doing yeah, it. Yeah, sure. the way that's set up is uh-huh. amazing. But then the fight itself with the Praetorian guards and their like shiny red suits and all their different weird like whip knives and sh- yeah, I did it. Sorry, oh, shirt. Um, oh, you did the thing, man. You did you did the thing. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you. I See, gotta okay. I gotta write this down. That's why I'm so sorry to everybody I've offended. Uh, you know, by cursing on this live stream. You know, the, the FCC will be in contact with you. That's why you 
I should have asked for <laughs> forgiveness rather than permission. Yes. Yes. Oh man! Um, if you say another, you automatically lose this debate, Chris. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I think so. Um, He's maybe already. I'm a guest in your home. This is true. So, yeah, like this is the pictureless studio. We're doing this from. So I believe you had a third point. Yes, a third yes. third scene. As, uh, right. And then the crate sequence is just. I, I love the the way the 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 salt planet. All the red kicks up, and you get like these really interesting, like different things that they do about it. Especially when Luke comes out at the end, and you're led to believe that he's really there, but there are these tiny little hints that he's not. Like his when he's stepping on the sand and he moves, there's no footprints. And they make like a real point to like when Kylo's moving, you see the sand moving. Sure. When, like just that the way that's shot. I think it's just like stylish in a way that Star Wars films haven't really been. And I think the the one other movie that I do think it shares a lot with it is the The Empire Strikes Back, which I think is the the best Star Wars movie by far. I think. Like just in terms of the way it's made, the way it's written, Lawrence Kasdan's script is incredible. I could like I get like very emotional anytime Yoda's on the scene in that just because the writing is incredible. Mm-hmm. Luminous beings are we, not this crew matter. It's just like that sounds like Shakespeare. Yeah. It doesn't sound like Star Wars. Right. Um and what so, is just so that everybody's clear, what is the <laughs> hypothetical number two? I know you think this film might even it's be number be. two. It's either just, a new hope yeah. or the last Jedi. I, be, like yeah. a new hope. I mean, yeah, you see either the or because they're both ahead of the last Jedi. When you put uh when you put a new hope up against it, where where a new hope I think falls short is, it is very amateurishly made. Mm-hmm. Um, like Mark Hamill is not good in a new hope at acting, which makes sense. He's super young; it's one of his first roles ever. Um, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford are awesome immediately, but Mark Hamill is a work in progress. And the you know you can see kind of the seams on the movie you can see that they shot it on a pretty small budget relatively speaking compared to the other movies but like it's just so fun it's perfect yeah, it's paced. magical it's, it's, it's this yeah. new thing that is just established itself that no one had done at the time the the when harrison ford when han solo answers the comms as a stormtrooper and they're like yeah. what's going on there <laughs> everything's fine just fine how are you yeah. just like <laughs> unbelievable it's great um so that has that going for it but i I think in terms of the craft of the movie and Mm -hmm. whether you like the movie or you don't whether you think that the specific scenes that i'm talking about make sense um i just think the way it's shot the way it's presented i I think it it stands far ahead of most other star wars movies i think jedi is probably the only other one and i think to a certain extent that's George Lucas didn't direct or write that one, so I think that helps. I love love his universe, love the world he created. You know, not the best screenwriter, not the best... Uh, yeah, we saw what happened when he gets full control, and yes. that's what the prequels are. I want to say, I... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Continue. No, I was just going to say, I, I appreciate this point about the visual feast of The Last Jedi, because certainly from the one time that I saw it in the theaters, one of the things that I remember very strongly is that fight on yeah. the planet with the with gorgeous. the white and the red yeah. it's beautiful yeah. and and I'm embarrassed to admit this but I did not see the original Star Wars trilogy I grew up without a television I did not see it until after I had seen episode 1 okay and I was like I should go back and watch the original Maybe Star Wars Maybe to find out why people like it. Right, yes, <laughs> a little bit. I mean 
yeah, there was Ewan McGregor in episode one, which did a lot for me at that time in my life. But I mean, still does for me. It's, it's still it's actually a wonderful does. Man. It's true. He's so. Anyway, when I watched the original trilogy, I thought this is obviously better, but kind of dingy, yeah. right? In comparison for the like this the cinematic feast yeah. of it. So your point that the the Last Jedi is really uh, just like a visual banquet is well taken. And to to add on to that, I think it might be the best Star Wars creature movie, just in terms of the various like like. We'll get into the canto bite of it all. Uh, yeah, we will. But the character designs in that. The little drunk dudes. Sure, filling in the, the coins the, with amazing. BB-8. The, yeah, that was fun. The fathers are really cool looking. Um, uh, would you like to describe what those are for those that are not familiar with what that uh, is? They're like 20 foot tall like horse cats. Oh, you, oh, right. The alien horses. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I have a very important question that was yes. actually one of the most strongly burning questions for me coming into this event, which is, is this the movie where there's like the little penguin creatures? Yes. Oh, and the porgs yeah. are yeah, in the porgs. That's the what the Chewie so takes one on, is about to eat one, and then they all look at him so I have, innocently, and then he doesn't eat the fried porg. Yes. So I have, this is my long list of good <laughs> for the movie. It just keeps scrolling. It's and... um. Just the word porgs shows up about yeah, five times. Sure. It's basically any time they're on screen. I'm just like, I love these they're, little things. They're great. I mean, I Amazing. think, I think again, even from my relatively objective point of view, I think that the creatures are some of the best part of the Star Wars universe Absolutely. in general. It's, it's, and yeah. so having also excellent creatures in this movie is another point in its favor. Uh, there's the weird, like, walrus thing that Luke is getting the blue milk from. Early yeah, on, that is, I love that scene. I you know, that's that. uh, that's interesting. Uh, just <laughs> you know, I mean, I like the fact that they didn't use CGI for this. It's kind of a Star Wars thing. They introduced them in the, in the prequels and everything. We all got upset, and it's all actual. Yeah, you know, it's a lot everything. of. That's yeah. one thing that the the sequel trilogy has is they yeah. they did a lot of, say for the alien horses. I mean, you probably can't really no. do. Yeah. Well. Like, yeah. No, you can't. Like, Obviously, with that kind of scene, which shouldn't exist giraffes, in the first place, but that's another story. I guess would yeah. be like the closest real life animal. We don't want to actually think do that, that to them. Work. I would much rather yeah. have. Yeah. Um, but no. Yeah. The the so I think just like the component parts. Without getting into like, I know the the plot of the movie is controversial and some of the characterizations, but I just think the the things that make up the movie, I think are. Again, subjectivity is is you know, like everybody likes what they like. You can't account for taste, but I think generally speaking, it is in many ways arguably the most well made Star Wars movie. Mm. Um, mm. Okay, and I think the script is incredible. I, like the only two people who should be allowed to write Yoda dialogue because they're going to bring Yoda back. We know that that he's just nine hundred years old. So they just announced a a Star Wars video game that takes place two hundred years in the past from the story. Not from our past. It was even longer ago than that. <laughs> um, and Yoda's there. Because, sure, it's 900 years old. <clears throat> the the Yoda scene in this movie. I know some people don't like it because of the potential meta commentary about the story itself and the fandom and, and you know, the... But just the way it's written. I Like, I get emotional Every time that that's one of the things that I think the prequels really fail is like Yoda sucks in the prequels. Sure, yeah. He's just a disaster. And in Empire and in The Last Jedi, the Yoda stuff is just magical. Like the the 
What's you, the, the tree burning? The burning of the sacred text scene is what you're looking for with Yoda saying, pretty much saying, come on, find your yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, like, like, oh, Skywalker, missed you, I have. And then he kind of gives his little chuckle, and then Skywalker still looking to the horizon, never here, now to the need in front of your nose. Just like the way strength, mastery, but also weakness, folly, yes, failure. Failure, most of all, the greatest teacher failure is. We are what they grow beyond. That is the true burden of all masters. Like, that is just, like, incredible writing. Um, so, yeah, I think that the script itself, the the way it's shot, the way it looks are all just, in my opinion, sort of unimpeachable. Like, it just, it looks amazing. And I think you can say, to a certain extent, a lot of the same things about The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker. Those are really cool-looking movies. That's what J.J. Abrams does. He makes really cool-looking things. Absolutely. I don't... It's perhaps the main thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Casting. I will say this. He is an in, in, has an incredible eye for talent. Like, he just... His casting is always on point. Um, I think he kind of makes movie-length trailers in a lot of ways, and that's what The Force Awakens was and needed to be, I think. Right. Um, but The Rise of Skywalker... What you think The Last Jedi well, this is, is not is about what the, rise the Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker today. Actually and I, I would even make an argument later on that the reason The Rise of Skywalker is what it is is because of The Last Jedi and its failures that require The Rise of Skywalker to be that, that mess of a movie. We're getting, but then you get into like, I, I think that's, that's actually that, might be fair. That's not even the, you know, I, there are so many other points I want There's to make. There's going to be a point where I have to talk about what's not good about the movie. Yeah. And I have thoughts about that. Sure. Um, but we'll get to that. Yeah, later. we we so so I think remind us what is the structure of this exactly, Ellen? Because those were wonderful opening statements. Those were just the opening statements, everybody uh, yes. from Chris Towers. Oh wait, wait, I have one other thing. To add. <laughs> I have one other thing to add. Yes, go ahead. One, Adam Driver is incredible, mm. and he, he is. I mean, he's. I think maybe the most interesting young actor of his generation. He's just everything he does is yeah. great. But in this movie, he is just like the this number is one thing he by does. far the best acting performance in any Star Wars movie. I think he I the, the best thing about this movie to me about Adam Driver is that he gave our PL Plus community the more gif that we use anytime we make a new <laughs> channel. We say more channels and we post in Adam Driver. It's uh, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, that scene. I, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but I love that scene, too. But also. Say whatever you want about the characterization and and the the arc of Luke Skywalker in this movie, which I know a lot of people have problems with. Yeah, I personally love it. I think it's really moving. But mm. Mark Hamill, I know he didn't like the the way the movie portrayed Luke Skywalker. Yes, he's, he's in come out in interviews and saying that it doesn't feel um, like it's Luke. It is. I'm so glad this movie exists, if for no other reason than we got that Mark Hamill performance. Because he is so, I love his performance in this movie. There's so much pathos to it. There's so much like, there's the whole Rashomon element of um, the retelling of Kylo and when Kylo went bad and all that stuff and the different ways he's like acting in the different ones and like just the the, the acting that he's doing with like his body language and it, it's really like, I just, I love that that was like the last performance and, he gave. And for those that maybe forgot about The Last Jedi, um, what Chris is describing is the telling from Luke's perspective of that scene at the bedside yeah. with Kylo Ren where he's pulling out his lifesaber from 
Luke's perspective first, and then Ben's. Yeah. Or, well, from his from the first one, Luke doesn't have a lightsaber, right? And then then there's one from Kylo's perspective, and Where then there's Luke a real like truth telling one. Yeah, from um from Luke's perspective a third time. So we did it three different times, different yeah. ways. Very well done. Yeah, it's a reference to Kurosawa, right? Rashomon. Yes. I'm not. I'm 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 like a fake movie guy. I've never actually <laughs> seen that movie, but I know that's what it is. There you go. Different stories told so, from different perspectives, or the same story told from different perspectives, which I always love. Yes. So, so Ellen, yeah. how is this going to progress moving forward? So after this, you're going to give your opening statement. Yes, statements. Statements. Apparently, I mean, <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I only play a lawyer on TV. I don't really know what it goes like, but it seems like an opening statement can include Multiple. various. Yes. I mean, look, I almost suggested we just do a Lincoln Douglas style debate. Oh, I understand. I, I figured it'd be In fun which to have. Case, like it a, would have been like an hour. Yeah. Opening statement. Right. And I could have kept going. I mean, I know you can. You saw my list of good. I mean, you see the. <laughs> OK. Yeah. And After then that. subsequently, Chris will talk about the things that are bad in the movie, even though he likes the movie. And Nick will talk about the things that are good in the movie, even though he does not like the movie. We have to give each other space to breathe. You know, I feel like that's important with us. And we will then just digress into whatever else happens. And I also that. think, you know, the web of our life is a mingled yarn, good and ill together. And so it's good to acknowledge that something is not wholly good or bad. Exactly what I was going to say, too. Perfectly. <laughs> At least I know. Well said, Ellen. So uh, your opening statement, Counselor. Oh, boy. Um, ladies and gentlemen and of the of jury. Yes. yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, this movie, I'm, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to work you through the, the anticipation, the perspective of a fan of Star Wars going into this film and then breaking down how every step of the way it looks at the Star Wars fan and says, I do not care about you. It is going to say, we are just going to make a movie that we think right now is a movie we want to make. Star Wars doesn't matter. I would actually say to you that this movie, without any Star Wars input, is actually, you know what, there are some really good things that they do. But if I'm going in there after watching The Force Awakens, which you can say whatever you want about, one thing it did do is it did create intrigue. And it did make ask us questions that we wanted answers to. And it pushed it in a direction that the second and third, this entire trilogy would have this wonderful arc and would have some some stories that we can follow and be excited about. This film, when I left it, I thought, I have nothing that I'm looking forward to now. They took every element that I would have interest and said, nope, not to this, not to that. I don't care about this in so many ways. I look at the characters at the end of The Last Jedi, and I think, what what has changed? You can literally make the next film, which they actually tried to do by ignoring all of the second film. And to me, as as a fan of, of uh, you know, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a bigger fan than you are, Chris. I mean, I've watched every you're film, You're not wearing of course. a Star Wars shirt. I have watched every, so. every show as well. And I, I watch it from the perspective of, this is really fun. I enjoy the world building all the the epic uh, the epic space opera not even that's not even a space opera it's just an epic adventure that is Star Wars the yeah. discovery the world building all the different places all the things that they can do the you know the, the episode four is titled a new hope it's all about finding the good and chasing that and coming out on top because of that that's what it's supposed to be this movie tried to be something that just the universe is not. And it goes so so far 
and I, I'm going to make it a true opening statement because I want to evolve as it goes through this entire live stream and podcast of what all those elements are. But there are, there are so many moments, and even some that you've already mentioned, that just are a slap in the face to any sort of attachment that you had to Star Wars. See, and I it, do- it, it's it's just so frustrating that they would establish things that oh wait that that but I'm trying to have some sort of belief into this world existing. And you're saying, oh, no, no, anybody can just fly a cruiser into giant ships on a kamikaze mission and blow them up. And why wouldn't anyone that is getting fired at, I'm a small ship onto a star destroyer, just turn around and just bam, there it is, without even a pilot in it. The All of Star Wars now should just be random ships trying to go at each other to the point that no one is on ships anymore because it's that easy to do. This has never been done before. They even show scenes of being in light speed, not actually just zooming through planets or whatever. It's inside a wormhole. The whole idea of this is not established. Uh, uh. You can take you can take a look at the screen and go, okay, you know what? Maybe there's some idea of like you have to only be this close and there's always a little crawl before they go off into the wormhole and everything. Nothing is established and there are so many times Times in Star Wars before that we've had these close battles that this has never been done because it's just assumed, duh, because that would just be way too absurd and different of how the world would work. May there I are many example, examples of things like this in this entire film, and it's insulting. I'm so glad that you brought this up because, as a matter of fact, a, a follow-up question that I had for Mr. Towers was, uh, does the Holdo maneuver not obey some of the Star Wars universe's physical laws. So, hi. Two things. One, uh, I just have to point out yes. that you are making the no true Scotsman fallacy when you're saying the it ruins anything that a Star Wars fan would love. Because <laughs> I am a Star Wars fan, uh, have been for most of my life, mm. and I love this movie. Mm. So, I have to strict that argument from the record. That's that's not... I will, okay, I'll, I'll, put, your, I'll, I'll phrase it differently your, than calling a Scotsman. It hurt, it I would say your. knowing. I would say knowing the legacy of the Scottish, that this is uh, betraying what they're known for. But I... But here I, is the point. I am that also Scottish. I, and, and yeah, that well, you you like things about it, but you can, I, I would imagine as I work through this today that you would agree that the things that this movie is doing is against the the essence that is the Star Wars saga. I don't know. Here is the point that I am Good, inclined now you will know to give end. to Mr. Pollock is that I agree that expectation is everything. As a matter of fact, yeah. for, for, for yes. like literally anything in life. And that very often, like if I watch a, a movie that has won the Academy Award after it's won the Academy Award, I'll never like it the first time I watch it. Sure. Mm. Yeah. The second time I watch it, I'm like, oh, actually, this is a good movie. So I agree that if, a star, if, if the average Star Wars fan has a certain expectation going into this film, they might have been disappointed. And that is a point that I will give to you. However, I think if upon repeated viewing you are still disappointed i think maybe well so i I don't want to take up too much time because it's your opening statement so we can get into that question later because i think there's a lot of really interesting things about like who owns star wars and whether audience expectations should supersede the creator's intentions Ah, yes so but but I do want to go back to one, the, the question you asked about the Holdo maneuver. It is established canon in Star Wars that um, 
it is not like a wormhole. You are physically moving through space when you're jumping to light speed. This is, um, it's established in various of the canonical stories, Rebels, when they talk about the Purgles and the, the way that we Oh, yeah, those invented, are the flying whales? Yeah, the flying yeah. whales, and that's how we invented light speed in this universe, but also... But in um, they're going through wormholes. No, they're they're just flying through space. They just they the because the the way it works in I, I think it's either a New Hope or uh, Return of the or Empire is they're trying to jump to hype to light speed, but they can't. They don't have the 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 computers not working, and they need to compute the path through space. It's it's right. sort of like yeah, how right, Dune right, handles right. it with the spice, yeah, yep. and they and so. But they compute the the destination, sure. And you can't just and, and it's also so, in the Rise of Skywalker. Okay, they, so so I, I'll say this: I'll, I'll I don't honestly care. You can have the point about how light speed works in space travel. The fact that they did not that this hasn't been established until this moment without any sort of explanation, nothing is just kind of you're sitting there being like, what that that can't that can't happen. Because then it just everyone goes well. This is stupid because everyone would do this all the time, and there's there has to be a reason that can't happen. That's why it felt so just. It, it, it felt like a Deus Ex Machina, you know, just like here you go, like we gave you an answer, and you're just gonna have to accept it. But like, what? The, but that's that just it ruins everything. Sure, but that's that, kind of Star Wars. That that's too far. I mean, that's too much. Like, that's too much. I mean, you can, Luke Luke can hit. Uh, thing this that's, big with a per- torpedo right. but that but understood that's a, but that's but kind that of like a deus ex market right but too. this is this he is has very magic, much of like he has magic jedi you see force. this yes you see this everyone should do it you know there's some like basic logic of that this beside like okay cool a jedi is able to do that one special thing in this one scenario okay fine you know this is like a all all space travel or sorry all star wars are different now well you this know? is this is a point that I'm inclined to give to the honorable member from Pitcher List College because I also remember that one of the biggest problems that I had when I saw this movie was that it felt like there were all kinds of things that had not been established as ah, things that absolutely. were in this universe so, that suddenly people could do. Like, you know, the Mary Poppins moment, as I like to call it, which is Princess Leia getting blown out of the ship, which, by the way, uh, other ships have been blown to pieces and stuff, but you didn't see people going off into space. All of a sudden, it's all contained for some reasons inside, and then I getting blown up. But then this one time, because they wanted to have a scene with Princess Leia going outside, they said, fine, okay, this one explosion, we're going to make them all go away. Fine, whatever. She then floats back. And I know that in Star Wars, I've, I, I can't remember what episode of, of something else I've seen this before, of having some force ability to travel through space or be not dead from the vacuum that is space. It still felt watching this, especially as as like if you're making this movie and you don't know that one very small scene from that one uh, show. It's just this what like what you you got to have some sense of uh, gravitas to these events, and without any sort of introduction of like what we know that they are capable of doing, you're just saying, oh no 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 no, don't worry, because of the force, you can float through space and survive this, and like. That's it, what just the seemed, movie. it just seems so what the seri- like, it was just so like we ridiculous. have we have Anakin Skywalker falling into lava and catching on fire and surviving. And the sure. answer is well the force protects you. Well his it, well he fell into lava but then he act- it wasn't like he was submerged and then came out. Well, no, he but he caught on fire. Yeah. He's yeah, yeah. completely 
on fire. That yeah. should have killed him. He didn't fly through space. It should have killed him. He was on fire. He didn't, for he didn't a literally long time. like it blown up, go into the vacuum of space and fly. You know, it, it was things like that completely. And then then there's even the force projection at the end. Okay, with Luke showing up, which I I, I remember watching. I watched it uh, uh, on Tuesday where all these notes with it. Um, and I, you know, I'll even admit to you, I liked the movie more now because I didn't have those expectations. And I thought a lot of things that they were trying to do, they did well. It wasn't the absolute atrocity to humanity that I thought it was originally. Still not great, but you know, it wasn't as bad. Now this really bothered me still this whole Luke projection thing for so many reasons. One, they, (laughs) okay. I don't even know where to begin. There's uh, Luke coming in. Right. And he just kind of shows up and he's in this thing that he's never been in, I guess, or whatever. But all of a sudden he's so real. He hands Leia the dice, I guess he's projecting to mm-hmm. uh, of Han. Uh, I love also the fact that he comes in through someplace and they go, oh, there must be an exit. How else did Luke show up? And that's the why they go look for an exit for the most part. But he'll that's not uh, they just happen to also be an exit because Luke didn't actually enter through anything. But that's fine. They have this whole fight. They, they definitely do it so he doesn't get touched, so he's not revealed that he's not a projection, he's not doing the salt stuff, which is another thing I'm going to talk about in a second. But just the idea that, ah, it's Star Wars, man. All we want, we want that really dope battle. Like, every single Star Wars, I feel, needs to have that true lightsaber battle, and here we are, we're in that moment. And they're just like, nah, we're just not going to do one, we're going to have this aha, gotcha moment. Instead, because he slices through him, and oh, he's not actually there. He's just projecting him from an island, so he's not actually dead. Just kidding. He's actually dead. We're going to actually make him dead, too, now. Uh, it, it's something that hasn't really been done. There was the bridging between Snoke that Snoke did to... Mm-hmm. I thought that was actually the coolest part of the movie. I thought that was a really cool thing, those scenes between Rey and, and Kylo Ren. Force yes, the force, the force connection, the bridge between them, right? Right, right, right. But yeah. have we ever established no. that people could do that before? This Absolutely was a not. big And the projection thing had. is also this massive, like, that's so much. That, that's, that's, no one will well, never done that. That's why he dies. I, right, because it's so much energy is what yeah. you're saying. But it's also a, a thing of just, uh, we just got to accept that he can do this. And it's like not really a true gotcha moment. Because we in no way could have been clever enough to figure it out because we never even thought that this was allowed, you know, right, and there's have, a difference between like a plot twist that is like, oh, if I just put the pieces together, you're saying, oh, his foot doesn't, you know, uh, the, on the salt, but you don't even know that this exists. Like, how are you supposed to put that together, you know? Sure. And that's just kind of like, oh, we just have to accept this new thing again that you've never established before. And it's just, okay, I guess there's no like meaning behind. It. There's no like substance to it because we're just forced to accept it in this moment without any sort of buildup whatsoever. But that's not, is that that different than, uh, you got to develop it. You got to like, and Obi-Wan going from a disembodied voice to a, a spectral presence. That's the thing though. That is a gradual thing though. That's not just like this gotcha moment. It's not like it's this critical moment of this film. It's, it's, it's starts with Luke contacting Leia telepathically from hundreds of miles away and that's in, happened in multiple times in so that's Empire. established yeah right and so then it's it's just kind of building off of that so wait, it's wait building wait. off yeah, of, but there's there's a difference between telepathically speaking to each other and then being but, looking so real not to just one person to everybody but that's but that's the the force time is the the setup for that 
we've so, never seen that. So what is yeah? We've so what? Seen, no, no, but, so what is the bridge between that telepath, telepathic and the physical entity existing? He's it's not a physical entity. Well, no, no, no I'm sorry. The, the the illusion, I'll call it. Right. It's but but that's when when Kylo and Ray are talking to each other, they can see each other. Right. And so this is just building off of that. No, well, that to me is that is is a different um, entity to me. That is kind of a um, internal, like the, okay. So the Luke thing is a, an external existence, right? Right. While the while the Kylo Ren and and Ray thing, no one else can see it. Luke can. Oh no, Luke in the last one when they're when they're touching hands. Oh yeah, don't that's touch. why he loses. Don't touch. Yeah. yeah, sure, sure, sure. But still, it's not the like. It's there's still a, a jump from those two things to me because like Snoke was saying, I established these those two connecting, but not this massive like the entire world can see now Luke standing there and swiping at him and everything. It just seemed seemed ridiculous. I'm going to agree with the honorable member from CBS College that the that the precedent is set within this movie for the Luke showing up at the cool salt battle at the end. However. It is only within this movie, and that's a problem that I have. And it's different than anything happening in the uh, original trilogy, mm-hmm. because that trilogy is still establishing what are the rules of what we get to do with the Force. And now we have like an entire canon. We have seen what people get to do with the Force, and all of a sudden being like, and also they can do this, but you've never seen anybody do it before. I don't know. I feel like you have to play within the rules that you've got. Right. So, okay, moving on from this. You said one very important word. Mm-hmm. Expectations. You said before, too, but subverting them. That's the thing that everyone's, oh, my God, this movie, subverting expectations. It's uh, it's the thing that everybody cares about. Like, you have this. You think that Star Wars is going to be this. You're going to have Poe as the hero. He's going to do all this stuff. And, I, look, I, I understand the feeling of, like, hey, let's just make a movie that's more about actual, like, humanity and, like, we of our, of our failures and overcoming them and stuff. And that's, honestly, in some ways, is the Star Wars film. But this is a movie that does it so much over the head of every single character is, like, this moral ambiguity thing. Or are they doing the right thing or are they not? You even have, like, the true neutral character of Del Toro, uh, of who's just like, I don't know, we're all evil, aren't we? Ha-ha. This guy made ships for both your rebels and and evil like what is good i don't know <laughs> benicio del toro's you know? character definitely took like one intro to philosophy class in college. <laughs> i mean he was again as you mentioned before casting he did a great job in the role and everything but it was also it's just one of those things where they set up something and they just kind of like whatever you know they they go in saying cool very tar- star wars thing which we like is like all right we have a MacGuffin. we got to go and do that thing Okay, they they set up a lot of them that are kind of convoluted, but you know what? You got to find the master code breaker, which I still find is a hilarious name for a master code breaker. Of course, it's called that. Whatever. I also feel, by the way, that the character of Maz had signed on for this film, but then they wrote her out, so they had to include her somehow. And then they just had this little like projection thing of her for a second, and that was it. Just sidetrack yeah. that. I want the Maz backstory. I know I want it too. Like, and I'm sure it was in here, but then it got sh- removed. Well, but the only part I want is like the just. Same. I want the saber. I want to know why she oh, had I don't, the saber. I don't care. She even said it in the previous movie. That's a story for another time. I oh, I can't wait. Right, but that's because it's, that's because J.J. Abrams doesn't actually make stories. He just it's it's the mystery box. Like right. he, he had no plan for any. But whatever. Well, that, that's that's another Maz, whole problem of Maz, all of these. I just want to know the story of how Maz and Chewbacca hooked up. Yeah, because that is established in the first movie. Right. I want to see her and Justin Theroux together. Right. Because that is also the master code breaker. Yep. And I just want like. Just Maz's kind of like sexual travels. 
Okay, I, I want, I, that's the story I want. I want to watch that. I'll say the travels. I'll go with the travels of Maz. Okay, from Italy to my sandwiches. No, I. Uh, that's a mozzarella joke. Okay. Um. Anyway, uh, we are gonna stay on course here with the Master Codebreaker shows, and said that the only one in the galaxy that can break this code is that person, and then they get captured. Okay. Oh, there's this other person in the cell just happenly that can also do it too. And it, it, this is the story, I feel like, of everything in this movie. It's just like there's no uh, there's no gravitas. There's nothing that like holds on and actually continues through the movie. It's just like, oh, you thought it was this? Ah, no, it's not. You know, like, it, it just constantly does that to the point that you have this entire sub story of this movie. The subplot of, of the, the I call it it's Italy, Italy, Alien Italy is what I call it. This casino planet. Because that's really what it feels like. Yeah, like, like a Monte Entirely, Carly. right? Which is not what I want in a Star Wars film. I want to go and see, like, the coolest part of Star Wars to me is every single film, like, where are they going to go? I want to see, like, the, you know, I want I want to see the, the tavern in the middle of nowhere in this random bog somewhere. I want to see all the world. I want to see all the stuff. I want to see something that feels like it's Star Wars. And what they made was an, an Italy Italian casino with like a couple aliens, a funny one that po, you know puts in coins and stuff, and they just made a jail. Then they made alien horse track, so that they can say you know oh it's you know this is the the resistance is are, are the kids and everything that are you know just getting uh, beat down and we are the resistance fighting back. And then said this whole th- I mean the worst there's so many bad lines in this movie. One of them. Was now it's worth it? I don't know if you remember this. Yes. This entire trip where it's essentially like the entire resistance is on waiting. Hopefully that this could work. They fail. But because they saved one alien horse, now the whole trip is worth it. And it's just, I mean, I'm not against that message, but it's just so I'm not. This isn't why I'm here right now. This is this is just sort of forced into this film. And it it, uh, it it just made the whole thing have this extra corporate polish from afar that just it felt so fake and so just stop this. I want to see this amazing film of hope and excitement and, and lightsaber battles. And I want to see these cool characters that you said before truly take steps forward and develop and become something cool. I want to see how Finn really fits into the resistance and who is this Phasma character and want to see him really take steps forward and show uh, moments of his development so that maybe he is strong enough to beat the best stormtrooper out there, which they never do. They just throw him against it and just say, oh, I guess he's good enough now and destroys Phasma. Finn is just like, I don't even know how to feel about Finn. He's just there as like comic relief as I lose my pen because I'm so enraged. See, right I, now you have Poe, who is supposed to be the hero of this. He's this wonderful, amazing doctor. You're the amazing Ellen Adair for picking up my pen. And you have this like fun moment in the first one. He comes in his dog like, I'm the best fighter out there. You're awesome. You're excited for him. And what did they do? They turn him into this. I mean, yes, he is acting terribly. He should have more respect for Laura Dern. He even says his first comment is like, oh, not what I thought of. And it's like, screw you, Poe. Like, that's not cool at all. But at the same time, I'm even like, Lord, Laura, you got to know that. Like, you just got to say that you have a plan. You know, you got to just but like, that's not how, but that's I not understand. How, that's not how I understand this. It but then it's works. also the message of like, you, sh- you have to obey me and like, listen to me, which is yeah. kind of what the resistance is against is like, it should be just communication of in any way here, especially considering it's not like Poe. Look, I would uh, much more understand it if Poe was just some soldier or something. Like some random one. He was he was commanding rank. Yeah. And then just like right before it got demoted 
And I look, I'm like, I'm, I'm so conflicted about it because yes, I want to like see this and be like, damn straight, put some like arrogant man in his place like this because this sucks a lot and happens all the time. On the other side, I'm like, as I don't know, in places that we've all been in like leadership roles and you know, like in front of you, you have a, like a bomb is going to, who's going to do something if you don't like do something about it. And all she needs to say is like, Hey, you should, you should trust me. Like I have a plan, but he wouldn't, that's all. But, I'm that, but that's the thing is he wouldn't. Have. Then I would, then I would feel much more justified about all of this. That I, I agree with you that Poe probably would still do something, but I want to hear that. But within the what context, made, what, what happened in the film is that everyone in that theater was not upset at Poe, was upset at Laura Dern. And that's what's messed up. I agree. That was a problem. That communication is important and that instead of telling that story, they decided that they were just going to kind of like, I hate it when it's clear that the storytellers want some eventuality and they sort of work backwards from that thing and people don't behave like people would behave in order to get to that point that they want to get to. And I think that this is... So I I, I do think... Vice Admiral Hodo, Holdo. I'm sorry, it's Laura Dern to me. Show. It's just love Laura I mean, Dern. <laughs> that's the thing is that like Laura Dern is great. <laughs> you dislike a movie with Laura Dern. Kind of seems like you're wrong. That's okay. That's a weird point. But uh, I, I, all I'm, but, all I'm trying to get no, out whoa, here whoa, is whoa. I'm just so frustrated. I take the point. <laughs> but I'm just so frustrated that you had this great opportunity to make us everybody get behind Laura Dern and in the in the quick moments you had reasoning for us to okay be on Laura Dern's side and then all of a sudden you made it so that the entire theater was against her and I'm like ah no that's exactly not what you should have done if it was trying to tell a feminist story it undermined itself right that's fair but I also think like within the context of the story you do have the fact that they are being tracked through light speed, something that like they don't have any, they <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, understand how yeah. it's happening. Oh my God. And so they, what they might think, <sighs> yeah, what sorry. they could fairly think is that there's a mole, that there's someone communicating right, right. there. And so, so within she, the context of the story, there's no way she thinks it's it Poe. It makes sense. No, no. But That's it all makes, she needs to do. It. But Just it come to the sense. side for a second because I don't trust other people. Hey, I have a plan. Please, you got to trust me with this. Okay. I've been this uh, commander for, and that's all you need to do. <sighs> yeah. That's it. That's po, it. But Poe has earned that treatment through the movie so far. At that point in the movie, like he has just gotten their entire bombing wing destroyed. He's gotten dozens of people killed for effectively no reason. Because like it, it's it's setting up that while sacrifice is important, and, and I think that's ultimately what Holdo's story is about, is that she sacrifices herself. Right, with when a, it becomes a, disobeying the laws of the worth, established physics of the universe. Yes. When it's worth it. Right. But Poe is just doing it to do it. And he doesn't care because he got away with Look, it. Look, I'm not this is this is kind of what I'm trying to get at. The 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 story itself of saying, like, hey, this person who th- sees himself as a hero is always like, I'm so arrogant, I'm gonna be amazing all the time. You know, and putting him in his place. I'm for this. But it's not the Star Wars film that we all came to see. This is not like I'm not there for that journey necessarily right i mean if you want to say like hey you know what i think it's important that we establish poe as this has his development changes and everything great but i don't want to watch a film of poe losing that's not what star wars is that you know i want to see the death star blown up 
I want to see him go on a dog fight in, you know, uh, wherever Maz was, where that planet was. That was dope. He comes in, swooping in, firing this, firing that. You know, his first introduction is one of the best scenes of the entire trilogy, which is where uh, Kylo Ren shows up, freezes the laser beam, has all this intrigue, you get, you get Poe right away, he escapes, all this kind of stuff. Like, he gets captured, where saves the other person, uh, Finn, I think. Like, it's great. It's a BBA, that's what I'm thinking of. It, 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 it's fantastic. And, like, you want to be rooting for this so much and it's just this it's just more failure and this was a movie i mean that's what it was it was just all this movie of failure because it's important to understand that they're not going to always win and that's well, and great the, and but that's, but that's not, one of the thematic messages without, of the story but it's without like there's ah uh, it, the it, greatest it, it's crazy to me failure is yes i know but you're not going to star wars for failure you're but going just, there for some hope. I, you can have some you're see, supposed to have some failure you have to there's no good story if it's just full success but this is constantly just I think you are everyone all the way through doing these pointless endeavors that just feels like you what, are, what happened. You are holding this story to a standard that you are not holding other films in the series to. Okay, are you talking because about the for, uh, the Empire. Force Awakens? No, and the Empire. Now the Empire, Empire does it Empire right. Strikes Back is all about failure. They, they, Absolutely, they, they get their ashes kicked throughout the entire movie. Yes, like that's all the movie is. Right. It starts. I mean, it's a very similar arc for for Harrison for for Han Solo. He starts out. In the first movie, he's this trigger happy fly boy, uh, fuzzy. Oh, what's the the thing that Leia says to him? I can't. Something oh, nerf right. herder. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a nerf herder. Yeah, that's and, right. <laughs> and he's like this this awesome, cool character who like does all these cool things. And then at the end of the movie, he's frozen in carbonite. Right, but that's cool. Okay, so so there's right there's a there's a way of like. There's failure and hope is, is kind of the whole thing of this. And even goes into Luke, which is just absurd to me. Absurd to me how you took the one person who uh, who's saw good in Darth Vader mm-hmm. and turned him. And what you decide to do with his plot is to see a kid who has darkness in him. And instead of having the good faith of saying, right, I see good and evil, he wants to kill the kid. And it's just so disingenuous to who luke is this is your this is the symbol of the film fine you can say you even say fine let poe fail you know right because you know what he needs to go through this process and then he'll come out the other end even better and it'll be amazing you can't have luke be the centerpiece of failure in this film that is just not it's just not believable to me and it goes against everything we've taught all the character development of previous films is thrown away even better example Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren, at the end of the of Force Awakens, he has this scene, of course, where he, it's this really well-shot movie, and I'll, I'll give you, absolutely, it's a visual feast. My God, it's gorgeous, the entire thing. We'll get more into that. That shot on the bridge with the light coming in, he's in the light, he's in the dark, you know? The absolute recreation of Obi-Wan getting killed by Darth Vader, that is that scene, essentially. That is the moment that Kylo Ren turns. He makes his decision, mm-hmm. Right. And you, even at the end of that, Snoke recognizes this as great. I, I need, he needs to finish his training. Sure, he got destroyed in the side and then Ray uh, duels him, whatever. But I'm, we're now excited. Okay, cool. Kylo Ren now is starting his ascension. But what happens? They say, oh, right, right. We were at this point of ascension. No, 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 no. Screw that. We're now going to have him not kill his mother. We're now going to have him have this, all this teetering again as if he isn't. As if he needs to make this decision again. Which... No, no, you you just established one thing, and now you're saying, no, 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 the characters, 
forget about the development you had before. We're gonna we want a new story of this, which is essentially what happened because JJ Abrams had a rough draft script of this. Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson was just like nah, and rewrote the entire thing. Which gives so JJ Abrams history the right decision. <laughs> given the the history of this movie, the wrong decision. But it's, uh, it's just the fact of like it, it this it goes into my initial point. You show up to this theater with all of these things set up, with all these established characters and developments and everything going all these directions and this movie is just like well i don't care i'm doing this other thing which is why i'm saying as a separate own movie that isn't star wars this could have been great it's been fine but it's just not the movie it should have been i would i would like to make a ruling um which is that i am going to give a point to chris because i and of course though i am trying to be objective i have my own opinions about what absolutely is good storytelling, and I think moral ambiguity in characters is a good thing. So I'm yes. going to give Chris a point for not Poe when it's Dameron. everyone. However, I'm going to give a point to Nick for the character of Luke Skywalker because I believe that moral ambiguity is good in general, but I think also we need to be gen like somewhat consistent or a little bit more uh, explanation as to why so, somebody has departed so much from things that we thought of as core character traits. Isn't isn't that the part that's established in The Force Awakens? What part? Like, J.J. Abrams is the one who cut him off from the force and put him on a rock. You've got to come up with an explanation for why Luke Skywalker, of all people, would cut himself off from the force, abandon his best friends and his sister, and this fight that he's believed in for his entire life. And you've got to come up with a reasonable explanation for why he would be willing to choose to do that in order to get there. I'm not saying this was the only right choice. But I think it is an interesting choice, and I don't think it betrays the character, because I think Luke Skywalker is still a human being, and he's still, like, it's, we're talking a 30-year jump between the last time we saw Luke Skywalker and this story. A lot has happened. The, clearly, the things he was trying to do at the end of The Return of the Jedi have failed. He hasn't reestablished the Jedi Order. The Jedi, nobody thinks they exist. Nobody believes in them. Um... He, because like, even at the beginning of A New Hope, Luke knows who the Jedi are. He knows what a lightsaber is. By the time we get to The Force Awakens, people, like Finn is like, it's real? Like, that's actually, like, and this is living memory. And so clearly, a lot has gone wrong between the end of The Return of the Jedi and the start of The Rise of Skywalker and The Last Jedi for Luke personally. Um, And so... I'm Clearly, not, he's not the same person. I'm not in he disagreement with be, this. Like he has to be the, the disillusioned the, or like something. Like I guess some of the theories before the movie were like, "Well, Luke's off building a super weapon." <laughs> so, and it's like, no, that's not the story. Like, right. That's not how this works. Yeah. The good guys aren't the ones coming up with the super weapon. Right. Um, and you can say that like resetting the whole story would, and saying that everything that they they fought for against the Emperor was for not and I think that's a I, fair critique of the Force Awakens but for Luke to have reached this point something has to have happened to him something has happened had to have gone wrong and I, I find the idea of him failing in that way given who Kylo Ren is like I find Kylo Ren to be such a fascinating character in this story because this movie in particular really establishes that like he is the product of people failing him primarily. Sure. He is a product of like, he's dealing with like PTSD in this movie. Like clearly the way he reacts when Luke shows up on crate 
is not just I need revenge or I don't like it's like he completely loses the ability to think rationally and it's because like he is a victim of like in many ways like abuse like he suffered clearly abuse from his parents who neglected him and sent him off and didn't really seem to care all that much and he's a victim of Luke trying to like at least considering killing okay. him from Kylo's perspective so, and so that all like I think it all tracks it it's not to say that you have to agree with that characterization or the way it worked or any of that but the idea that it is completely out of character I think removes the potential for Luke to have grown as a character like Luke is not you can establish this you can do this without Luke bringing up a lightsaber to a kid that's what I'm trying to get. It, it could be as simple as, you know what, he tried as best as he could as a Jedi to, to, to convince Ben to see the light. And he just kept falling into darkness. And eventually there became a moment when Ben just fell that was not Luke actually pushing him that way. That was actually like just Luke not being good enough of a master. And the fact that you can still have all of his failure, his own inner hatred... Because he gave him the tools as, as to essentially turn to the dark side, right? Without Luke actually being the one that raises the saber and does the act. But that's... You can... To that, a certain extent. But that's the point that, that, that messes me up. You're saying you need to establish what the failure is. And the failure could be as simple as, look, I trained the, the next Dark Lord or whatever. You know? And that's, that's very sufficient and does not betray Luke. This betrays Luke. And that's the problem. I, I just, I feel like that, that perspective and I, I like, that's fair if that's the way you view it, but I just, I think it forecloses the possibility for Luke to grow as a character from the end of Return of the Jedi and growth as a character is not always good. Like Luke is clearly like broken by the way he failed Kylo in a, in a way that I find really compelling and in, in, in a way that forces him to grapple with his personal failings but also the way in which the entire jedi order and the way that they work failed like the the whole jedi order is like if you actually think about it like they're essentially kidnapping children from their parents and forcing them into a religious cult where they can't love people and they can't like have no attachments and all this stuff and it's like we recognize in the prequels the failings of the Jedi. Right. I and mean, with Luke, Ahsoka and everything is and, amazing if yeah. you watch Clone Wars. Yeah. And Luke. Ian McGregor's fine though. Just. I mean, he's <laughs> like incredible throughout. It's like incredibly campy performance. He's just like having a ball. It's phenomenal. Um, but he, Luke, is the only character within the mainline stories who acknowledges that failure of the Jedi. Even in the original trilogy, Obi-Wan is still talking. About, and it's like, no, this is like this whole hermetic lifestyle and, and, and like it's all, it goes against what it is to be a human. And that, that is also how he fails Kylo. Mm. He fails Kylo in many ways. And yes, the breaking point is that as he says, for a fleeting instant, he thought about doing this thing and he didn't. And it passes. He says it, it, it passed as soon as it came, but that was that failure of not even doing it. He wasn't going. I, I to don't do even. It. In okay. the story, he's I don't. Not, I, I never even believed to. that, though. I mean, you can't. You can't just all like the fleeting thought. 
I mean, literally look at the situation. He's standing over his bed with a lightsaber. Yeah. That is not a fleeting thought. I never even, I even remember hearing that and thinking this is laughable. Because you literally woken up, walked to his bed, stood there, and then brought out your lightsaber. That isn't just like, if it's a fleeting thought, it's like you're in bed, you think about it, you go, wait, no, never mind, not going to do that. Well, but he, he goes it, there. It, you he do the whole act. He doesn't go there with the intention of murdering this child. He goes there. Because he but then started to have his suspicions. That, but and yeah, but that's a, that's his, a developed thought. He reads into that's his not mind. just like all of a sudden him in the moment of weakness doing this. This is a this is a, a, a push towards this completely. And I, again, it just it is so everything that we know about Luke once again thrown out like the lightsaber at the beginning of the film. Sorry, Ellen, do not pick Ellen's up the pen, Alan. No, she's not. But that um, just that even that thing right there was just a full establishment. Like, hey, everything you expect right now gone. And sure, as I said before, and I'm, we're going to go into the good parts and the bad parts. I guess that's you know we'll do that at some point. Yeah, uh, it, it's it, that's one good thing as a film separate of Star Wars. But I mean, even one other element that I do want to mention about this is I uh, the the whole plot, as I talked about before, with all the places they go and do and things. That's why I want them to do. They center the plot around two ships trapped in space and not going anywhere. And that to me is just, that's not, I don't want to watch a movie of two ships bridges debating between each other. What are we going to do? That's not, what, what are you doing? You have all this, you have the best world building out there, arguably, and you decide to, to center your plot around two ships in space. So what do they do? So you know what? No, no, hold on. We have to have some event. We can't do something. So they do the whole crate thing, which is great because essentially they said, all right, we need to make this look cool. How can we make this look cool? So we'll have like white coming up with red underneath. Oh, that won't make any sense. So we'll have one guy in the trenches go salt. I love that. It's the funniest, love that. most oh, ridiculous love thing that ever. Dude. It, it's, I want that dude's that's, story. That's, that's, I want to know what led him in his life to be like, I'm going to lick this he got, dirt. He got, a, he got a phone call from Disney to tell him to do it because they realized that no one knew what was going on with the red. Is that blood? Is that what? No, no, just don't uh, worry. Can we, it's can salt. We get just, yeah, just, it's just like an under five to just like... You know, taste the thing. Oh, yeah, right. They don't get paid as much if they just say one word, right? That's true. Oh, no. So, I mean, that's that. I, I can just kind of see that whole thought process. And I say, you know what? Fine. We'll have this subplot. We'll let them escape somehow, even though they're tracking everything. But fine. We're going to have this one thing. We're going to go to the, to the Italian casino, alien planet thing. And that is just. Uh, I mean, it's also even how the, the whole process works. If you don't follow this, you don't remember it. You have Del Toro who shows up, says, don't worry, I can get you out for a price because, of course, I am the absolute neutral party in this. I have no politics involved. They finally get out with all this chasing of a CGI animal horse, or sorry, alien horse through this whole thing. Okay, whatever. They escape. Then they go to, they they happen to get into Snoke's Destroyer, I think it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they go to the tracking thing. And the only reason that they're caught is the most, like, basic thing of a, the 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 fake or the discount bb8 so the evil <laughs> evil dd bb8 i should I say i believe he's bb9e okay does that stand for 9e is evil i guess i don't Maybe. know it should be 666 and then i uh, sees they them they and catches them to your which is the most like, <laughs> which is i mean if you've seen any sort of star wars uh, plot or any at any time it never is that simple of just like we need them to get caught. Fine, we'll have just like the discount BB-8 catch them or something. You know, it, it felt so just, oh yeah, 
you think all the things of Star Wars that like they go through and they do this successfully, like, no, we're just going to make the simple answer of like, oh, yeah, BB-8 saw them like they're done. That's it. You know, it just felt so once again, anticlimactic and just all right. Am I watching a movie or am I watching like a, you know, a, a drama or something? Am I, am I watching a Star Wars film or just ugh, it, it, it was endlessly these kinds of things where the entire subplot is worthless. There's nothing gained. The only thing that they actually impacted everything is that the thief then said, oh, no, they're escaping to the crate planet in cloaked, they're cloaked transport ships. As if they wouldn't be looking for cloaked ships anyway, that they would obviously try to escape the thing that they're 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 tracking the entire time. It, it just meant, all right, I guess, okay, so yeah, cool, yeah, we got to get that fight scene, which was great, looked beautiful, but it's just this endless like, uh, it, it just felt like it was wasting my time. There was no intrigue, there was no true development forward to the things that were all set up. It's just here it is for the sake of it existing and See, deal with it. See, I disagree with that. I just want to say I'm. I think I'm giving you a point on two ships locked in space oh, talking sure. to each other. Not interesting. Sure. Uh, and so interesting. and like lack of development of some key storylines. See, but I'm what also I, giving you a point. What I will say is appreciate it, Ellen. Um, I have. I just have one final point, sure. which is, but if you don't like the casino planet, like just don't take a trip to Vegas. Like I think that they, <laughs> like it. It is validly another planet. Like I get that you would yeah. rather like well, visit a, but a why fog couldn't or they, desert yeah, planet, yeah, just, or but, just something that is not so human. You know, like you have like the. Uh, but there like, are planets that are that way, right? So there, there isn't there like one planet that's like the whole thing is a big city. It's yeah, like yeah, the but capital. that's that's cool. That's really like this big sci-fi right, but expression. Then there's this one is that's just Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Don't go there. I don't like Las Vegas. Yeah, like, I'm I would, not going to go there either. Go, I wouldn't want to go to Monte Carlo. Doesn't have any. It's another example of this not being like true Star Wars. Or, they're trying to make it more like that human drama, and that's like the that's just not what I'm here for. Uh, you know? I mean, they've got like a chess game. Yeah, but that is the uh, that is like that's just a game on a board of like monsters right, attacking is, them and stuff. It it makes that, sense. it feels alien. This it thing felt like a, a human thing that. That like Bender shows up at or something like that, it you makes, know, like some. It makes sense that in a world that's in a universe or galaxy that still has a, essentially runs on capitalist ideals, it would make sense that there would be haves and have-nots, and that the haves like that. I that I seems agree like a, with that this. is a, that is a basic thing that has existed throughout but, all. But of make humanity. it. I guess what I'm saying is make the whole environment of it. I, obviously, there are going to be casinos. There's going to be gambling things. But this just felt like. Yeah, Las Vegas. It didn't feel as of a true, you know, uh, unknown alien experience. You know, it just felt like a casino that happened to have some aliens in it. I think it's fair to say that, like, there are quotidian alien things as well. Yeah. All uh, right. I'm giving Chris a point. I don't know what that <laughs> word means. Can you can you explain it? Quotidian? Like, daily? Like, stupid? Yeah, like, I just... The universe has accepted that, like... or the, 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 the Star Wars canon has basically accepted and acknowledged that, like... Star Wars is to a large extent just the way like the exist the the universe exists within a world where it has aliens and they're all basically just doing human things. Like you have a in in a new hope they're on this alien planet and they're surrounded by aliens and it's so exotic. And what do they do? They go to a bar. Right. That has a band playing. But it it feels like not anything that's here. No, it feels like a bar. They've got booths. Presumably, no, no, they've got the, like mozzarella the environment sticks. of this. You know, it is very like 
it, uh, the the whole the, the essence of the the cantina is just oh whoa this is okay this is what it's like here you know that again once I, that really felt like a casino a human casino with the master code breaker hanging out just being all right cool I'm playing some craps you know with like a couple random aliens. I think it's just that the cantina is cool and the casino is not cool. Like, I think that's the problem. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I will, I will also even emphasize just even the landscape around this just looked like villas. And it wasn't like this sprawling, you know, really amazing and like, oh, yeah, right, sci-fi, cool adventure, you know, thing. It was just like, oh, yeah, this is Italy. Yeah, you know? it's it, is it Monaco? Is that what I'm thinking of? Maybe it's that. I don't know that, what I'm thinking exactly. Yeah, of, I, think just, it's like, I think it's like supposed to be like Space Monaco or whatever. Right. Is Monaco... Sure. Is that like a gambling city? I don't know. Why I've not? never been. Why not? I've right. never been to the south. We, we, we should go to the cantina. We should probably move to segments at this right. point. There's my Excellent. opening statements. <laughs> I I I have just I have just one follow up question I got, for you. I got cut off after twenty minutes. In, yeah. in the way that <laughs> How long did I go for? <laughs> in the way that I had follow up question for, for Chris, which is you're saying that there is no hope at the end of this film. So little film. I mean, yeah. But I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with that. I think Again, of the things that I remember, one of my favorite things about this film is this notion that, like, perhaps many people could have the force. Love that. The democratization of the force. Exactly. Yeah. The democratization of the force. And does that not give you any, okay. like, super So, so I want to make sure you're essentially saying the kid at the end who then. Well, not just that. It's not just room. that. It's also the fact that it's like, who knows who Ray's parents yeah, like that, were, right? That, I well, no, love no, no. that. Oh, no, part. no, no. Okay, hold on. Hold Ray on. just being nobody no. is yeah, no, no, no. so okay. good. So you remind me one really bad thing about this. They have this moment of really uh, so good. I mean, but this is a good segue into the good things. Great. great <laughs> Which great. is they have this awesome moment. Where, okay, so here comes uh, Luke saying, okay, well, we're going to train. Which, by the way, I didn't see like any actual training with well, Luke and Ray. I mean, the only training we ever see in any of the Star Wars movies really is just Luke with the thing. No, that's, look at Empire Strikes Back. All of those things. Like, oh, let's yeah, see him do, doing, he is, he is so doing. So much of uh, he's on headstands. He's doing and, CrossFit. And he's doing like trying to move the, the plane. He needs to Yoda go in. digging his He has claws. to go in and face Vader. All this stuff is actually like true. I understand your development and being challenged and moving stuff forward. And like with Ray, she literally just sits crisscross applesauce and then has to feel the island. And that's really the only, that's it. That's all that Luke trains her as. And all of a sudden now she's more powerful, which makes no sense to me, but whatever. It's this great moment. And yes, this is where I'm embracing more ambiguity because I thought this was a really good moment for Ray to come out shining, which is where she's feeling the island. And what does she do? She gravitates to the dark hole, right? This, oh, don't go there. Luke, fear in his eyes. Oh no, she's gravitating to the dark point of this is great. I cannot wait to see what is inside that dark pit. I really hope they really stretch this out. How much she's going to gravitate towards has not, they don't touch it until 20 minutes later. Or then she is just there. And and what is it? It's literally that she is nobody, that she's alone. And it's a mirror pretty much saying, like, you're looking for answers of this, and all you get is yourself. And that's it. No, but you are the answer. And that, that that's... But well, to me, it's like, that is such a... We already kind of knew this. We're already there of it. We're, like, wondering, okay, cool, we want it to be all these other things, fine. It's kind of like saying none of all your theories. No, she is nothing. And it's like, well, that's not... That's not like the true darkness that we want. We uh, yeah, I understand the darkness of feeling alone. Trust me. But when it came to like the intrigue of what this thing was and her embracing the dark side, that isn't it. But isn't it reflecting? That's what she's always been. Isn't it reflecting the cave at Dagobah? 
when Luke goes in, he comes across Darth Vader, cuts his head off, turns out it's him. Okay. It's like that's that's it's the same idea. Well, I I, I, it's, I my it's impression also, of this and, was and less that, of like you it, that was more of you are Vader. And this to me was you are alone. Well, it's it's foreshadowing like one the darkness inside of Luke, but also two the fact that Vader's his father. Like it's 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 foreshadowing that. And so in in this way, I think it's also thematically establishing that one, she doesn't like the answers that she's looking for don't exist. Yeah, it's the answers just, that she's looking for about who her parents are so, and where she comes it's from. So nothing to the audience is what I'm getting at. Like this is such intrigue. This is such a great again place for us to like feel and get that development, and we just get nothing. Again, the uh, the no true Scotsman of it all. Oh man, though. it was so because I I really love that part. <laughs> I love that Ray doesn't oh, that that Ray isn't part of this like. Well, uh, cosmic no, hereditary monarchy. Ah, okay, it that's was one that, of my favorite. Two, yeah. different, two different things, though. Yes, I agree. I think one of the worst things that they did with Star Wars was establish midi chlorians. I think we can all agree about this. Saying like, oh no, you have to have some blood in you that tells you to use the Force, and you're not just not anybody can become in tuned with it. Terrible. And the idea that Ray is just nobody in that way is good. A good thing. I don't want that to be the conclusion of this storyline. I don't want that to be the storyline of what that dark pit is. I want that to be more of like pushing her into danger and darkness and actually em- embellishing in this more. This is just essentially what it did to the audience members, at least myself and a lot of other people I've talked to. I understand it's not everybody, but it just felt like, oh, that's an answer and not an actual like true change of Ray. You know, and a real shift for her as a character. It was more of, oh, okay, I guess her parents weren't like yeah, Obi Wan or it's something. It's playing on That's on it. her. It's 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 the. It's not enough. It's like when Luke goes into the cave. It's it's you know, what's in there? Only what you bring with you. I think is what Yoda says. Right. And it's, so it's the same general idea. It's just it's her insecurities, yep. and then it's the kind of thing that could, and. You know, I think we as an audience are le- are supposed to believe that there is at least a chance that she will turn to the dark side because of those insecurities and because of what she's looking for, which is a a a family, something to call her own, something that belongs to her, and that is what Kylo offers her. And you know, when Luke, when she walks away from Luke and goes to Kylo, there is at least supposed to be this flicker of. Will she turn? Will she accept what he is offering her, which is clearly the strongest relationship she's ever had with a person and the the idea that she belongs and that she has meaning and that she's powerful. That is what Kylo is offering her. And she ultimately walks away from it. But I think that is thematically keeping with that storyline and that through line, which is that it's her insecurities. She's She goes there and says, tell me who my parents are. And she gets the the mirrored reflections of herself back. I, I, I want to establish something here. I am not against that this can be the root of her turning to the dark side at all. Like, I think that's a really important thing. You are alone. You are, you are not, this is not your family. There's no one there for you. You have to fight to do, you know, to be something, you know, and then your own identity, having that loneliness. Absolutely. The way it was done in this film, I, I, there was confusion there was lack of, uh, it, it was such a letdown of execution, uh, of just what, like we, it's such an amazing, intriguing pull 
of you are gravitating to the dark side in this pit is is everything okay great 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 it's a mirror you're alone okay and that that's all it is and there's no like even this next scene or something there isn't this clash with her after there isn't this and it's just well, sure the, the, the next scene uh, with her is no 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 her no. and kylo's next right force time well where... yeah but they're, they're they're talking about and then she goes and leaves and that's i understand that but it's not this um you're not seeing like a new flicker or you're not really seeing like a development of like evil going out of her from that. It just seems like, Oh, it's more, it's just feeding into more insecurities. Isn't this truly devastating, horrible thing that it's made out to be. But isn't the fact that she fights Luke Skywalker in the very next scene. Like there's some, there, there's some parts of that that feel pretty evil. Well, even that though, I think we all wanted to fight Luke Skywalker in that scene. That wasn't like an expression of Ray being right, evil. But she, like, but there's the point she's where, just upset at him because but, he's not helping her and he's turning his back to Jedi. But there's the point where he, where she brings out the lightsaber right. and he kind of falls down and has to like f- save him, like f- f- save his fall. Right. And you, you, you think like, oh, she might. She might kill Luke Skywalker right here. I, I personally did not feel that. But that either that, that that's the intention. Yeah. Well, the right. But that's I guess that's kind of what I'm going at here is that I don't I'm not necessarily faulting the idea of this of like hey this can be something that pushes her to it. The entire way watching this just felt like what I guess this okay all right she's doing that now it never felt like a true suggestion of Ray turning to the dark side. It never really yeah, came. I, that, like, right, it never had she, the gravitas of she this. doesn't. And so if. If but it she, never the suggestion never felt real. Does it does it ever feel real with Luke? That he'll go to the dark side yeah. in the original movies? Yeah. No. So what's what's the failing here? Well, is that there you had you didn't the 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 element of intrigue that you actually were talking about, you want the moral ambiguity is what you're we're going for here mm-hmm. and they fail at it. Right, but but I'm asking there's like the it, same it just general... seemed, it just it's the fact that she went into that pit. <laughs> And did that is like okay. If you're saying that that's because she's she's going to the dark side now, then great. Then get if that's what you're going for, then do that. But Go in and lean but, into but this. Again, and to me, it just felt also not impactful at all. This is one of the the, the I, issues that I have with like the anti the last Jedi thing as a like cultural phenomenon is that it feels like the there are critiques of this movie that if you apply them to other movies in the Star Wars universe, you can make the same arguments. And in that way, it's hard not to feel like a lot of the reaction is just you watched Empire Strikes Back when you were nine and you watched The Last Jedi when you were 29 Mm. and your reactions to things are different. And, 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 And I'm not saying that anyone who doesn't like it is just like reacting as a child. Like I don't want to make your anyone's like or dislike of the movie anything other like. Well, that's not fair. There are absolutely people who dislike this movie in bad faith, and they should be criticized for that. Like, I that I'm not even looking at you. I'm not even like I don't I don't like I don't (laughs) think that you fall into that category. But like, there is absolutely a contingent of Star Wars fandom who reacted to this movie in an incredibly toxic and harmful way. Well, of course, and and anything that 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 acts that way that are but like in ways that were like like Kelly Marie Tran, who is uh, Rose Tico in this movie. I think she is. I love her in this movie. I, I think she's just like I, I feel so bad for magnetic her. and warm and like I, I I think like just like I think she's so compelling. Oh, but no, 
there is clearly, I think, part of the no. the reaction to her, and again, not saying this is you, but part of the reaction, like she received so much hate that she would she left, well, right. she quit social media. Oh, I feel so bad. I for think her. part of that is one, she's like one of the first prominent actresses of color, if not the first one in like a Star Wars, like a starring role in Star Wars. Uh, and two, she's kind of the the only she's the first major female character in one of the mainline Star Wars movies who's not like presented as an object of desire for one of the male characters. And I think those those play into that toxic. And so like you can't really talk about like we you can't really talk about the reaction to this movie without that also. But that being said, like I I also think that there are just there are there's a visceral reaction to this movie. And then there is and and this is how humans work. Um, I think to a certain extent people didn't like the movie, and then kind of work backwards logically to explain why they didn't like it. And I think that's how anything works. Like I, uh, have you ever seen the movie The Lobster? Oh, it's a great movie. I love that movie. Yeah, I wonderful. Hate that movie. <laughs> I hate that movie so much. Next time. Oh, I love next it. Next time. Yeah, the and, next uh, movie. What, what's his, that, the, that, the guy who makes that movie. What's his name? Yorgos. He made the, the squid and the, the favorite. Too, I think, yeah. Or? I I just don't like his movie. Oh, God. And you, I've you had, didn't like the favorite? No. No, oh. not at all. Oh. I hated that. Yeah, movie. he said. I love the favorite so it, for him, it's the worst. And so I, like, I know I like the lobster. <laughs> I might have had, like, more of a visceral reaction negatively to that Thank you. than any movie I've watched in a long time. I wow. hated the, and and I've tried to like I've got a friend who really loves it and I've tried to talk to him about it and like and I ultimately realized like it's just I just didn't like it. It just wasn't a movie like I don't like that style and he he's trying to like well this is why you don't like it and it's like one that's condescending. Like I, I don't like it. I don't have to justify it to you. But sure. also like I just didn't like it. And, like, I could try to articulate why, but it's ultimately, there's no reason. You don't have yeah. to explain so, why you dislike something. And so I think one thing that happens a lot with this with this movie is there are critiques made of this movie that if you applied them to the other movies that people really like in Star Wars, would not hold up to screen. Now, I, I so, want to contest that a little bit. Okay. Because I do think that uh, at, at its core, the ideas and the... the um, the intention of this film, I think, does match a lot of the other films, mm-hmm. right? What they're trying to do and the themes that they're trying to hit and everything. I think the argument and the, uh, the I don't want to say anger, but the disappointment that I have is I think the execution was terrible. And I think they did not hit the same fair. beats. And that's why, though, you're talking about the criticism of the other films. I think that's why, even though they carry a lot of the same elements, those succeed and this one fails. And and really, just if you say, well, what is that execution? I can pretty much put it simply as they tried to develop so many characters in this film. I mean, there are so many characters mm-hmm. that it becomes the, the pacing gets messed up. The uh, there isn't enough screen time for enough to do good development um, and the whole meaning and, and gravitas of everything gets lost. And when you look back at the other other films you had about maybe four or five that actually mattered, this one has like ten, mm-hmm. even more than that. You have Del Toro, you have Rose, you have Finn on that side. You have uh, you have Poe, you have Laura Dern, you have uh, Princess Leia, you have uh, you have uh, Ray, you have Luke, you have Kylo Ren, you have Snoke. I mean, it just you have Hux. It's it's all this stuff. It's just too much. I hope in your list of things that you that are good about this movie, you include Donald Gleason's performance. As oh, General he's Hux. great. Oh, Don't he worry. Is yeah, yeah, yeah just, he's wonderful. 
I just want to say very quickly. Yes. I am giving Nick a point for there being too many things in the soup. I agree. Sure. Um, but I am gr- giving Chris a point on the. I actually think that the uh, the descent into the cave makes sense vis-a-vis the other Star Wars mm-hmm. films. And uh, I mean, also, I really like the fact that her parents are nobody. In I'm, this I'm film. with you on that. Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, a good that, thing. Like, but that made me so mad. Like every. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. So let's let's move to another segment. Great. So I believe you had started to say the things that were actually good about oh, this yeah. movie. So okay. first, let's have the things that are good about so, this movie. So I have it written down. I have good things. Let's see. Uh, whatever the first scene was. <laughs> what was it? Oh, that was the dog fight of the, like the, in space yeah. and stuff. I thought it was, you know, in some ways, maybe these films do go a little too far with trying to inject some of the Marvel humor and stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't bad. It I wasn't, you know. I don't love the your mom joke. That yeah, he makes, right. But like generally speaking, I, I right. Uh, I mean, there's some fun moments of like uh, Ray knocking a rock down and destroying the caretaker's uh, carriage the caretakers. and stuff. They're wonderful. I love the carriage. Yeah, exactly. I think they're wonderful. Um, yeah, the the porgs as you mentioned before. Um, you have I. Uh, what am I writing? Oh my lord! What are these words? New world habitat. I don't even know. Oh yeah, it's just cool. That's the, that's the caretaker stuff. Um, I can. I have the worst handwriting. I am so sorry, everybody. All right, you have the salt fight, which Tender again fight. was just glorious to look at. Really, like just a beautiful looking thing. Um, you have help me, Obi Wan showing up. I thought that was so cool. Luke's like, what do I have? It's R two D two and shows. What a oh. that was that was a dirty trick I think is what he said yeah 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 that, yeah that was a cheap trick oh it's so 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 good um you have BB-8 exists yes BB-8 is just delightful I think he's the best thing of the of that trilogy honestly I think so yeah I mean Kylo but also BB-8 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and there is that too uh, I mean uh, yeah Adam Driver is great in this um, is that what they were called yeah the yes. little things I yeah. love them. So good. I mean, when they're ripping the upholstery off of the chair. And yeah, it's, it's all that stuff. They have laugh. these fun beats every so often. They're like, all right, this is really enjoyable. This is, a, you know, a lot of times I'm watching this. All right, this is a good scene. They're doing this well. Right. Uh, and it, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned before, the visual feast is there, is present. And that is a good element of this. Uh, I'm trying to not end it with a butt. So, <laughs> so I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep going with this. They add some, uh, oh yeah, the, 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 uh, the conversations between Ray and Kylo Ren are great. I think that's a really cool thing that they did. Um, I didn't like. I was never mind. Not going to do that. Saving that for later. Were you going to say the the part where he's shirtless? Because I love that scene. No, I think it's that's so I think good. that's funny. But it's also a little She's too so disarmed. Yes, but it's also. I mean, I think it does take a little out again. Trying to it's it, it reminded me of the Marvel thing again. It just it, it's like the too casual element that they throw in sometimes which is i don't dislike it's just it's like oh right they have to do this because it was successful in marvel is what it feels often um but uh no what i was gonna say about the force connection stuff um was something i forgot again so we're gonna move on because i'm gonna do positive things right now okay uh the uh oh the x-wing in the water i thought that was so cool really really compelling you know right and they never it doesn't show up again, but does it? That's like, so. That's but that's I think a really brilliant piece of storytelling because that's kind of the Chekhov's gun of the movie. That's what that's what you're led to believe. But that's, Luke but, takes yeah, to yeah, the, but to, that's uh, but does he? No. So then it's not Chekhov's gun. Right, right. It's, the rule it's, it's is a subver- the gun. Right, right. It's a subversion of, the, of that is aspect. That. But that's Every, your, it's just. But too that's much. your expectation. It's just so much of it. it it's it's overwhelming. It's you with the hammer. We're not doing that. 
We're not doing that. We're doing positive things. I want to hear everything that you said was positive too. Okay. Oh, and Chewy, Chewy was great too. So I also I I am I have a question for you. Please. Um, that I'm gonna let Chris go through the negative things first, but I'm just planting this seed for you. Is that I want to know if any element or moment from this film were a human. Like, imagine that the elements and moments in this film are humans. Which is the one that you're like, yeah, I'd date them? Wait. Oh, <laughs> the, which element of this film? Or, I would, or like yeah. moment or, or thing. Yes. doesn't So it doesn't have to be a person. As a matter of fact, I prefer that it's not just like this character. <laughs> no, I was going to say how the how the salt flies up and looks, okay, looks all right, amazing. Okay, fine. Great. You can, you can answer it already. Yeah. All right. And I, well, oh, yeah. And as you mentioned, the the visual feast of the the of Snoke's destroyer going off and, and, and splitting amazing that goes out like, I remember this in the film when I saw it in the theater yeah it, like, I thought it was really cool away. and then I was like wait this is dumb but the, you know what it looked really cool and they did exactly what they're trying to achieve the Snoke fight was mostly really good I thought that was the best uh, I mean they didn't really have many star uh, lightsaber battles in this but like throwing the lightsaber to Kylo he turns it on it, like that stuff was really cool and I really enjoyed that part yeah there you go yeah I, lo- I love positivity. it can I can I add some stuff I like? Absolutely, I want you to. So the, the throne room scene, just the the, not just the way it looks, which is just like sumptuous. It just like the the really bright breads. It yeah. Just or reds. It looks amazing. Uh, Kylo turning on Snoke in that moment is amazing. Um, the way that the kind of red curtains that are all around burn up as they're going, and so they're oh, right. fitting like, in with the. That was yeah. That was funny to me though. Fitting like, in with Kylo's. Burn it all down if you have to. Right, you're uh, throwing the, the the flame whip, and it's like, oh, you see it starting behind. You're like, oh, right, they needed the thing to f- to blow up in flames. So here it, you go, here it is. But it looks cool. It's right there. But it looks cool. It looks right. cool. There's no like, you know, it. It's no substance. Is the pro- okay? Sorry. Sure, it is. It's a fire. <laughs> um, the substance of fire. Want to go back uh, to mark hamill's performance as luke because i just i think there are so many moments that of mm. what he's doing as the as luke in this movie that i just think are are amazing the way he says um when r2d2 comes back to to power or powers up when yeah. he's there. well no we all want r2d2 to really um, be the power I mean, of the film. You for president <laughs> there is a theory that uh the star wars movies are all told from r2d2's perspective and that's why he ends up being a hero in so many moments where, like, it doesn't really make sense. Oh, that's funny. Um, I, I love random fan theories I love like that. that. Um, I still want the Jar Jar Binks being a Sith one to come true. Would have been phenomenal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the way he reacts to R2-D2 and the way he specifically says R2 is just, like, there's yeah. so much in that and so much history. And then... The scene with Yoda, I don't know if you've ever seen the behind the scenes, but the first day that they're filming that part of it and they've got the Yoda puppet, they actually did a Yoda puppet rather than uh, all CGI like in the prequels. And Mark Hamill's reaction the first time he sees the Yoda puppet, he like gets really emotional. Yeah, of course. It's such a moving and I I love I love that stuff because you know that it's real for him. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know that he's really looking back on his own life. He has a relationship to yeah. his younger self. And in, in that is analogous to the one that's in the film. It's really yeah. that's beautiful. Um I love that he's just like goes back to being this Yoda goes back to being the baddie old man that he is in the in the original trilogy rather than like the 
self-serious monk that he is in the yep. prequels. Um, everything that he says in that scene, just like I, I'll just watch that scene. I'll, I'll yeah. just like I'll go and watch so, the the Yoda Luke scene. Um, but but you also have Luke shouting the Jedi sacred text. Exa- and it's, it's great. But that's what the movie is doing to us. It is burning everything that we've established of Star Wars in front of us. That is no, it but, represented but on screen. Yeah, I think there there is a bit of that. I mean, the theme of the movie clearly is like we need to move on from. We need to actually move this story forward. We need to not have we this just be. Yeah, and then and the end we didn't Luke have and anything. Leia and Han and um, the only thing that changes is that Snoke is dead. See, uh, which shouldn't have happened because I really liked Snoke and I wanted to find out everything about him and see, know about who this, this guy is. is that, and then they're like, see, Nah, get out of here. One of my He's too bad. That's He's one of too my clear cut. We got to have all more ambiguity. But that is one of the criticisms that I think fails to hold up if you apply it to other things in the movies. Because if you think about Empire Strikes Back and you think about Return of the Jedi, we know nothing about the Emperor in those movies. Literally, we know he is the guy behind Darth Vader, and that is it. Because it doesn't matter. And as we learned in the prequels, when we get his whole backstory, doesn't like doesn't sure. add anything to my enjoyment of the Emperor as a character in the original trilogy. Knowing that he used to be Sheev Palpatine, and he had a shiny yacht ship, like nothing, it doesn't add anything to my enjoyment of it. And partially that is the the failed execution of the prequel trilogy but it's also partly that we just don't need to know that he's just evil he, he's just the, he's the evil guy and he's the guy pulling the strings and so with snoke like when you say like i wanted to know his backstory the thing is it doesn't matter that's fair that's, like, actually, we that's, a, that's, his, a, that's a very good we point we learn his backstory in the next one and it turns out he was a part of emperor palpatine's clone and it's like it that doesn't that doesn't make Snoke a more compelling figure. Yeah, it makes I didn't, him less I didn't, I don't, compelling. I don't know if I like that at all. I, but I, I mean, I, I will say at the very least, the killing of him felt so empty and wrong. I mean, you had established Snoke as this true powerful entity of evil. And, and yeah, he gets seduced or like uh, confused by reading Kylo Ren's thoughts and mistranslating them. But it felt so, once again... Oh, we set you up to believe this one thing. <laughs> just kidding. He's not actually that great. And he just gets killed right now, and that's that. But that's kind of how the emperor dies. In that's the last but movie. that's how everything happens in this movie. And I'm not saying that individually. Once doing that is bad, but when you do it the entire film, it's just there's no. It's like all right, you know, it, it, there's nothing, no substance behind it to us. But if you just keep battering us over the head with this. <sighs> I don't know. Like, I, I feel like the fact that Snoke is felled by his own hubris is a like that's great. But then, but then, like, it's, uh, I'm I'm all for that. But I mean, we haven't even gotten a chance to like. This is the first time I I think there's like two scenes with Snoke. There's the first time when he brings many, him in. How many scenes is the Emperor? In, no, 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 no. Hold on. I'm not talking. Don't what about as a me right now. I'm talking about Snoke. Okay. Right. Snoke. Right now. If you want me to have any sort of feeling about this happening. Then you can't just do one scene where you establish how amazingly powerful he is, and all of a sudden be like, "Ah, we're just killing him now." The next time, and, and, not, and not, there's no, there's no, no emotion really tied to this. There's no like, it's just oh, okay. Does Snoke appear in 
The Force Awakens? He does as a, like a... a, Projection. Yeah, like a hologram projection, yeah. Okay, so basically the idea that he is a bad guy worthy of vanquishing is... And a massively powerful one, too. But like, we're reliant on this film to teach us that storytelling Just just actually, this is the first time we finally meet him. He's the guy pulling the strings. Right. Like that that's his his whole character in the first one. He's he's the guy that Hux and Kylo Ren report to. Yeah. He's the guy like that's he's he's established very much in The Force Awakens as he's the emperor this time. And I think I don't know like ultimately to a certain extent this is a uh like an appeal to authority but like Ultimately, Snoke's background, he doesn't matter to the story. Right. And I, so I'm not, I, all that I'm stuff, not really, and you're not emotionally connected to it. I'm not it, really like, pushing against Kylo it. It's just the is, act of like Kylo's killing him like bad. that just felt like, oh, I thought I thought he was better than that. And like I thought we would get more on this. And like, oh, okay, I guess you wanted to. All right. Right. You, but know, you, like, you like set this up. You, because, set, uh, you set up Snoke at the end of the first one that would be involved with things. Right. And that he is super powerful enough not to just die by a lightsaber turning on next to him. You know, and then all of a sudden I mean, he gets cut. In I'm, half. I'm looking forward to seeing how is his development going to happen? How is when I want this grand moment of like of really uh, a rebellion from Kylo. And it wasn't a grand moment. It was a quick moment. It was it really soon thereafter. They got rid of him and just felt like, wait, I thought. I thought you were going to have a little bit more. Like in the, in the original series, you had it in the, it was what, five minutes left of the third film that finally happened? Sure. And that's a true moment, you know, right? And there it is. And then what do they do? They, they do it halfway through this film. Right, but he, and like with he two scenes later. Because he doesn't, he's not important. Well, I mean, you're saying the like Emperor Kylo's, wasn't important, but he certainly no, the was. the Emperor was important. I'm saying we don't know anything about the Emperor. We don't spend any time with him. We don't have any reason to like... We don't have, we're not but, given, I mean, besides the fact that he's the guy pulling Darth Vader's strings, we're not given any reason to believe that he's all powerful. But that's enough. Just like Kylo clearly right. being intimidated by him but is you're, enough. You're creating this character. You've created this. You have this, uh, and this once again, gravitas assigned to this. And it felt such a throwaway moment. Is your problem with the character that he is underdeveloped or that the dispatching of him is uh, that that moment is underdeveloped and unsatisfying. I would say the latter. Great. Okay. Cause I think, yes, it's not, we know it's not the backstory problem. You've said that pretty clearly. While I would love to know it, they certainly have added more intrigue to him than they did the emperor. I believe like they really emphasized in the first one made you interested in it. Well, again, but that's another I'll, thing I'll just that, go back to right, the Scottish. That's just, yeah, 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 that's, that's just, fine. Well, no, the, I'll just say that's just JJ Abrams. Sure. But that's like, what that's they just did. JJ, but but like, that's still, but I mean, like, I that's not part of the problem is you can say that that's force this, awakens. That's this fine. This movie has to try to answer questions that JJ Abrams clearly never had any intention of answering. That's, that's fine. The kind of, but that's still explaining that's why does. this movie had these disappointments though. You know, you can say that it's a fault of, of the, the last Je- uh, of Force Awakens. That's great. I'm not saying I'm, this isn't a debate between those two movies. Right, right, right. No, but what a, I'm saying is, is that you know, so that those those questions were raised largely by one J.J. Abrams just inability to tell the difference between a story and a, a mystery. <laughs> but but, but, but two, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing two, with this. It's also what we bring into it because it, it the the story sets up Snoke to be what Snoke is. 
and the story dispatches with him when the story is done the, with there him. was a uh, my understanding i mean i don't know exactly the uh, the outline for snoke what that was but we all know that there was a larger arc tied to things mm-hmm. that was thrown away after the first movie was made uh, right there given, were, I mean, no no we know this we do sure. know that the script was rewritten yes and like you know the second one had the outlines of this were no, done but like, ryan and johnson was always away. made the script he was always the prince. Like no, even when they I have announced. a I have a quote. Okay. About J.J. Abrams writing the scripts for each three, and then here you go, make the second one, Ryan Johnson, and then he completely removed it and then rewrote his own. Right, okay. and it, and this is, I mean that's that's kind of the problem. I understand it's a really good point saying like, look, you can say the Last Jedi had expectations that it just could not match because of J.J. Abrams's fault. I I, I get this. That still does not mean that I have to go into it and be like, oh, well, I'm just going to say it's a better experience now because it was given that situation, right? You can say all the reasons for why it wasn't what we wanted it to be, Mm -hmm. but that ultimately means, though, that it wasn't what we wanted it to be. I think I'm going to give the point to Nick on this one. And uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious that we're going to run a little long on this one. <laughs> but I think that we should move along to the other items on Chris's list. Yes. I'm so um, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So the throne room scene is amazing. All of the stuff that Kylo Ren says in that scene, I, I think, is really compelling. Um, let's see. Oh, the crate stuff when they're when you get like the overhead view and they're crisscrossing around while the so good. Tie fighters like it's just yeah, it's beautiful. Love it. Um, the Falcon the, showing up to go through this little thing. Yeah. I'm like, all right, you know, this feels like Star Wars. This is cool. I, okay. I love one of the things that I, I I actually do love. You know, I think there are a lot of complaints about Poe and Finn in this movie and and the fact that they like don't have anything to do or or like both of them. It's what they're going through is less about plot and more about character building because neither of them has any character in the first movies. They're just two-dimensional arch- They're yeah. just archetypes. Sure. Because, um, again, that's what J.J. Abrams does. Um, and so, like, clearly John Boyega didn't like The Last Jedi and what Ryan Johnson did with his character. And I think from, from what I understand, it, it seems to be that he was told he's a Jedi. That his character's a Jedi, and then either J.J. Abrams doesn't do enough to set that up in the first movie, which I think is fair, or Ryan Johnson just didn't follow through on that, which also seems fair. But the the issue Ryan Johnson faces with Finn as a character is that in the first movie, he leaves the Empire, or the First Order, and basically just falls in love with Rey. And that's all that happens for him. Yeah. And so you have to find a reason for him to to matter beyond just that we're told he matters. You have to find a reason for him to buy into the fur to to the the resistance. And so I when we get to the stuff I didn't like, Cantobite is primary primary among that. That whole sequence has a lot of problems, but I do think it effectively establishes and develops his character in a way that the first movie failed to do and because it gives him a reason to be fighting because when he he shows up in this movie he gets out of his little bath to back to tank or whatever and the first thing he says is where's ray and he's going to abandon ship to try to save her because that is he's his only connection to this and then through 
you know, Rose's storyline and, and hearing about her backstory and how the First Order had been, uh, you know, had run the planet that she was on and that it was really rough. And, you know, so that's why that's her connection to the story and why she's fighting. And through that and through the Cantobite sequence and seeing the cruelty of this world that the First Order has created and all that, that's where he goes from being just driven by his personal connection to Ray or his personal distaste of Captain Phasma or whatever to actually having something to fight for because that's ultimately the theme of the movie is having some is giving Poe and and Finn and something to fight for not just something to be opposed to and so you see it with Finn trying to uh, sacrifice himself at the end of the movie and you know Rose Rose, Rose explains saving it. oh no uh, I mean it's, it's but it's so bad I'm that sorry. is the culmination of his arc in the film is him going from where's Ray to um I'm willing to sacrifice my life for everybody to, well but yeah. beyond, even before that like when Captain Phasma says you've always been scum yeah rebel scum you know that whole thing and then him taking that too far and saying, I need to sacrifice myself for this cause. And that is also tying into to Poe's storyline. Because early in the movie, at the beginning, he's willing to sacrifice their entire bombing arm to take out one ship. When they are the underdogs and the enemy has vastly, like, where you can't waste ships when you're the underdog. And so, you know, it's like in, in baseball, if you're... Uh, you know, trailing by five. You don't bunt to get one. Yeah, run. you don't steal second. Um, and so it's him learning uh, to not just, like, you're obviously always going to sacrifice in a war. You're always going to have to, um, like, you're putting your life on the line every time you step out there. But, you know, one, one thing that you see when they lose um, the medical frigate in the space chase thing, you see on Holdo's face how much that hurts her. How much like being on the comms with the guy as he's being taken down, like it impacts her. And you see why her and Leia, and because they've been so invested in this for so long, why they're not just willing to sacrifice lives needlessly. These are the bad parts of the movie, right? This no, is these what we're going. <laughs> and so it's, but it's all, it's, it's developing these characters and giving them a reason to exist in the story beyond Oscar Isaac looks cool. You know? No. And okay. So I was saying that cause I thought the first second that this was your segment on talking about the bad things. I was no, like, I, so I you're mean, talking about the good things. What's yeah, going he said on he here? He wanted to talk about right, some, right, I forgot some about the good that. things. For yeah, so. no, well, no, this is, but mostly just like, this all makes sense. I'm talking about the, the character, the, the fact that like disagree with the story choices that they make or the, the, necessity of the Cantabite sequence in itself, it's it it exists to develop Finn's character and to give him a reason and and in that way I think it's, while there are flaws with it and I'll get to the bad stuff you know now I guess but it, it exists primarily to give Finn a reason to exist in the story. Sure. Okay, which so, he doesn't so have before. I'll, I'll say this about that. I I mean, you're not wrong about like, hey, this is if you look at it from that perspective of Finn. Yeah. What is his existence in this? And then all of a sudden, hey, I need to have some experience with, you know, what we're fighting for. Um, It seems I mean, 
the way they did it was just so, you know, the, the, the horses stuff and like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm not against like, sure. Yeah, I get it. The kids they're, you know, they're being slaves essentially and all this stuff. Like, I understand if you really want me to feel that, like really actually feel with Finn instead of just some anti-corporate message as Disney puts out this film. Um, because they are, you know, they're the good guys here. We want to make sure we send this message is what this felt like instead of, you know, hey, actually like witness Finn, the oppression, the true oppression of the the empire on someone. And like, you know, then seeing some town going through and then Finn saying, you know what, let me fight with them. And actually be like, I think this is wrong and I'm going to do this. And now all of a sudden you see that there it is. I get it. Yeah. Instead of alien horses being mistreated. Sure. I, and I you think know? like one thing that the Rise of Skywalker at least nods to in a way that helps is like. I, the, I blocked the, out a lot of that movie, movie by the way. I, I, I was trying movie. to. I was. I intended to watch it before this to showcase all the things that they had to do because of how bad this was. But I even just I didn't get around to it. And I'm like, that's OK. It's, I think it's the Rise of Skywalker sins are its own. Uh yeah, I look forward to that debate. It's gonna be a fun it's, one. Tune in next week. <laughs> it's a really, I just, it's a really bad movie. I don't. Like I it. I um, have a question, which is, I uh, I think I'm giving you a point on uh on Poe and Finn's character development. But what was what was the problem that Boyega had with so this movie? From what I understand, I don't think anybody's actually come out and said it. But you kind of read between the lines, and in the third one, they finally. Well, they don't actually ever come out and say it because why would you? But they come out and confirm after the movie that he was a force sensitive person. And it seems fairly obvious that the way they sold him in on joining this movie was you're going to be a Jedi or at least you're going to develop along right. that path. And it and, makes sense because he awakens. You know, yeah. the whole movie's called The Force Awakens. Yeah. And what happens is a stormtrooper. Yeah. awakens you know and like there's yeah there's some hints there there are stronger ones in the second one or in the third one but this one clearly takes his character in a different direction than that he's yeah. no longer he's just a resistance man. yeah he's just a, a resistance fighter who's looking for who's finding something to fight for and i think yeah. that's a compelling arc within that story but if the original intent was to have him be a jedi then obviously i understand why he would be disappointed with this movie and it seems like he particularly disliked this movie. Now, I want to hear everything that was good about this. I'm sorry, bad about this film from Chris. So... Because I'm going to recognize that we are an hour and 50 minutes into this. How Um, long is the actual film? uh, It is two two hours. hours, Yeah, something like that. We are going to go longer than the film. um, Great. I mean, (laughs) have you you guys ever watched the... On my podcast, you know, we will frequently talk for an hour and 45 minutes about a seven minute cartoon. So, yeah, uh, this is... You guys have gone into uh, doing like cartoon interpretations of baseball now? Yeah, we have for for some time. Have you done the Disney Casey at the Bat? We have cartoon? not. No, I love we, that one. We have done baseball bugs and we have yeah. done goofy baseball. Hey Arnold? Uh, we would love to do a Hey Arnold. There's a Hey Arnold episode oh, about absolutely. baseball. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Dino's multiple, no, What's I his think. name? Oh, I don't remember. He's like a Al Kaline. No, it's something like Al Kaline. Mickey, Mickey Kaline, I think is the character's name. That sounds He's right. Like, and there's they're Twilight like, too. He must have done that one. That, no, that we haven't. Scene. I have no. so many questions about that. <laughs> specifically never actually seen it since they've all played baseball with themselves before and they know how far they can hit the ball why are they playing the regular yeah, outfield yeah, right, positions right. instead of playing because they can run really fast it's yeah okay, there you go. so anyway 
<laughs> Sorry, please. Yeah, bring us back to the good, so the bad, the bad things the, about the Last Jedi. I think the fairest critique that you can make of this movie is something that you've alluded to, which is that I think it worked incredibly well as a standalone movie and fails as the second part of a trilogy. I'm going to say better as a standalone movie. I think it works incredibly well <laughs> as a standalone movie and fails uh, as the second part of a trilogy in in a lot of ways. And I think it's not necessarily this movie's fault, but I I. What I what I get from it is that like Ryan Johnson loves Star Wars and he's talked about this. He like that's it's part of why he wanted to, to become a filmmaker and he's a giant fan and he's clearly thought about Star Wars a lot and I think that's put into this movie. He's, he's thought about you know what the Force means and 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 all that and he has his own specific ter- interpretation of that. I think part of the problem is they said Ryan, you're making the second movie. And he was like, cool, I may never get the chance to make another Star Wars movie again. So I'm going to make the Star Wars movie that I want. And I think that's a failure of the Disney apparatus to not say, hey, you do have to check these boxes, though. It it seems clear that they didn't really do that. Right. And I think one of the failings of The Rise of Skywalker is that they try to act like the second movie didn't exist because you can't do that. You can't tell a disjointed story. Even if you don't like the choices that Ryan Johnson made in this story, saying, well, none of that matters, somehow Palpatine returned, like, you can't do that. That's what it felt, though. But I think part of the problem... Watching Last Jedi, part of the, the pro- first movie didn't matter. But I think part of the problem is that the first movie has zero substance. The first movie is just flat two-dimensional characters and mystery boxes. And so there's... So many things coming out of the first movie that were like, how did she get Luke's lightsaber? Well, that's a story for another time. And what is what is the deal with Emperor Snoke? Is he really twenty five feet tall? And and uh, and all and it's like, but there's no actual like, there's no sense that any of that like it all could matter. But there's too many questions in the Force Awakens for them to all matter. And so at some point, someone was going to have to say. Well, this matters, but this doesn't. Clearly, the story of how they got Anakin's lightsaber didn't matter because they never bring it up, even in the Rise of Skywalker. Sure. That was never so. Like, and so you had to make some decisions about where these characters were going and what Finn's motivation was, and and all this stuff. And, um, I think that's a failing of the Force Awakens, but it's also a failing of the Last Jedi that he. I mean, I don't, but I guess if you have to make the choices, at some point you're going to leave stuff out. And you can disagree with the choices that he made, but I I think ultimately, like, he had to make some kind of choice. There Um, there are so many areas of intrigue you could have gone, and he pretty much just ignored all of them. And Um, at the same time, there are too many things in the soup. Like, well, 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 yeah, but he added all these things, though. These these aren't just, like, things that he needed to conclude necessarily, all of them. He had, yeah. Again, too many characters, too many things. But I, I think he... Not, I mean, he had an entire subplot that was worthless. Some of the things were already in the soup, I think. Well, that... Yeah, yes. Sure. But, like I, I, like, I think the strongest decision he made was he took the strongest parts of The Force Awakens, which are Rey and Kylo and their relationship and their, their back and forth. I think that is absolutely the, yeah, the, best the strongest part of, the part of this movie yeah. is those Without two characters. Um, but I, I think it, it tells too self-contained of a story like it almost feels like this could have been its own multi-movie thing and 
we don't get the ending necessarily, but like there, the themes that exist within this movie are largely settled by the end. And I think that is a failure. Like the, the film you, you reach the end and it almost feels final. Yeah. Well, right. You have no, uh, I will say this about the mystery box stuff. I am definitely someone biased on the side of, I enjoy that. I enjoy the intrigue. I want to be hyped. Oh, I'm, I love I'm all about, watching it. Yeah, yeah, right. You don't, you know, eventually you have to get to the end. I get that. Yeah. I, at the very least, I mean, I remember at the end of this film leaving and going, I, I have no, like, I don't have any excitement for the next one. I don't have anything that I'm like, oh, I can't wait till like this happens or this. Okay. What, what's this going to be or that? I want to talk about it. my friends. I'm like, okay, what do you think this is going to be and all that stuff? And this literally just said, we don't care about any of that. Let's take all the stuff you had entering this film, remove it, and not add. Well, I think it. I mean, maybe there's one or two, de- but it, it tries just, to declutter it. But it it just not it it made me leave this film again, just like all right, you know, I don't right. have any hype or any excitement now for the next one. But I had the opposite reaction because I liked it, so I don't right, know if yeah, that's necessarily course, yeah. like an objective failing of the movie. It's just you didn't like it, so you're you weren't. Like, well, the, to my I, recollection, I was hyped by this notion that maybe there was going to be a like democratic uprising, like French Revolution of the Force, mm-hmm. which obviously the reverse happened. <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah, like it's 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 the the Bourbon Restoration Indeed. is the rise yes. of Skywalker, like mm-hmm. it. And but but I do think that is one way in which that movie this movie fails. I think Canto Bite sequence. It just goes on too long. Oh man, it's, it's, it's muddled. A lot of it's, yeah, a lot of scenes yeah. in this movie just are. Um, and the, even the first one, the bomber one, that goes on so long. Yeah, it just keeps going, and like you could have ended it like five minutes earlier or something. I remember pausing it halfway through and realizing there's another hour and change left with this film, and it just keeps going. Yeah, uh, it, it it gets overwhelming. Yeah, I I I think that's fair, and I, I think the Canto Bite sequence in particular, just like it's all theme and no plot and yeah. it's the problem and and you need both like i i'm personally I, i'm a person who doesn't really care that much about plot like if it's, I was com- talk- if it's a compelling thing in the moment then that's great yeah, who was I, yeah. I was talking to someone Absolutely. about the new St- spider-man movie i mm-hmm. love the marvel movies and it's there's this whole conversation in the marvel um, fandom about like spoilers and how like there was a character in the new hawkeye episode that they had announced was going to be in the series. Don't spoil it for people, but by the people way. people got mad that this character, the person who played this character, announced it after the episode came out. Right. And it's like, that's dumb. Like, just grow up. Well, like, we're, it's, it's we're like, going to move on from spoiler talk. Right, right. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. But, but personally, my perspective is like, the plot of a movie only matters so much. It's how you get there. Like, I... I had the ending of The Force Awakens spoiled for me. Somebody posted a screen grab of Han Solo getting killed in on Twitter, and I, I saw it. And it's like, well, I guess it would have been nice to, like, <laughs> have been surprised. But it ultimately doesn't, like, I don't, I don't care if I know the ending of a movie as long as, like, the... <laughs> Nick is still not over the I have, of <laughs> I, I I drank my coffee down the wrong pipe or something. Yeah. It's great. I'm just I'm just so upset at you, Chris. Yeah, That's what's going on right now. It's it's rough. <laughs> um I'm sorry. Please continue. And so like character development and all that stuff, that's that really matters. And I know a lot of people just like just give me the plot and don't spoil anything. And I I think that's 
a sort of silly way to view art, but it's to each their own. Generally, I'm with you. But I think the Cantabite sequence fails because it it's all character development and it's all themes and it, it's all like it's can not you even like great character what the Cantabite sequence that's is? the, the so, space so they phase. go essentially they go to uh, their whole thing is they need to escape the ship they got to go find the master code breaker who has a lapel red of, palm blue. yeah there it is and they find him they finally go okay they're searching for him they go here okay where is he oh there he is and as they see him they get captured by they get arrested thrown for into like the a jail. parking violation or whatever they go into the jail so it's like how are we going to get out of here Del Toro was there and it's like, oh, I couldn't overhear you saying all this stuff. I just happened to be amazing. And then he gets them all out. And it's like, okay. And then they go running away. And by the way, before they get caught by the the, the stormtroopers or whatever, they go and see that there is this big horse track with all these rich people yelling and screaming. This is amazing. They see the slaves, everything like that, right? Big discussion about, oh, who are these people? They're the ones that fund war. That's what they are. They're horrible people. Because they're rich, but, you know, they're they're feeding into this terrible conflict that we have, right? Get captured, all that fun stuff. And then as they are getting, they're breaking out of the prison, they release all the alien horses. They go ride one. They get tracked down, all this stuff. It gets to be this moment of they escape and they have their alien horse and finishing, oh, this wasn't worth it. No, no, he says, like, smashing this place up was worth it. And then, yeah, smashing this place, oh, it was worth it. Right, right. And then... And then Rosie goes, no, it takes off the saddle of the alien horse and slaps it away and goes, now it was worth it. Because she saved, we saved one alien horse. Yes. So it, it, the Cantabite sequence is the whole casino world yes. yeah, sequence. Yeah. Okay. That's just, I didn't remember the name. And yeah. I think I was imagining well, a weird like Hellraiser. I have too many. Well, yeah. Never mind. I'm like, so sorry for going on for uh, two minutes. Uh, no, no. Who, like perhaps <laughs> a, a listener. But yeah. yeah like, I, that. To know. I think it. It kind of beats you over the head with the themes right. that it's working with, and like I, I think those themes are interesting. I think they're they're valuable within the the world of Star Wars. They they are valuable in developing Finn as a character and giving him a reason to move forward in the story. But I think the execution is not great. I mm. I actually you said you liked Benicio del Toro in this movie. I thought him. As, I, I, I don't think his character was worthwhile existing in this. But as far as him as like in there, I was all right. This is fine. I thought he was doing way too much. Yeah, I did right, not like him too. in this movie. Yeah, like sure. rewatching it last night, I, that was one of the things. Um, <laughs> and uh, well, that's what he did. That exact sound you just made. That was his character's tick. Yeah, he would do that all the time. He oh, and then one, one, that one nitpick that I want to go to is Great. Luke says, no one's from nowhere. And Ray says, I'm from Jakku. And Luke says, well, that's pretty much nowhere. Right. And it's like, oh, it's funny. But it's also like extremely nerdy voice. Uh, Jakku was actually the site of the last large battle between the Empire remnants and the New Republic. That's and why we so saw those relics in it would The Force be, Awakens. It would actually be a pretty important place for uh, the the galaxy to know about. Yeah. Well, this is the Marvelism coming I in. I like this point, but I, I, I just wish there was a little bit more commitment to your nerd voice. <laughs> uh, well, this was actually... Great. Oh, man. Great. Yes. Uh, um, for next time. So, so we just, should we should progress here. No, uh, do you have more points about why this movie was bad? Um. No is a perfectly acceptable answer. (laughs) Yeah, like the list for me is really short because I really do genuinely love this movie. Um, I think it can sort of browbeat you with its themes. Mm. Um, And I think there there are definitely like, in watching it, there was definitely like a, 
uh, men are stupid kind of thing that like I agree with. I think generally speaking, men have too much power in our society, and that has been true in the Star Wars society as well. And uh, but it, it's very heavy-handed with the like, uh, like I understand people dislike Admiral Holdo. I think for like largely crappy reasons. Yeah. But it also very much like intentionally feeds into like it's sort of trolling like men's rights activists basically like her character the way she talks to Poe like ultimately within the context of the story she's right but I, I think it that is one way in which it is really heavy handed in its themes and it's it's not necessarily subtle. Nevertheless, I have a question for both of you. Okay, which is that if you were to grade this. This movie's lack of misogyny on the 20 to 80 scouting scale, what score would you give it? It's lack of misogyny. Uh, yeah, so so phrased so that like a positive score is is a good thing. Right. Yes. I think it did well. I mean, I mean, well, okay, I don't think they did well to Rose because they they t- kind of turned Rose into this like You can take the the third film forget it like we haven't seen the third film <laughs> no, yet. No, well I mean the the story of Rose in this is kind of like oh she's enamored by Finn and she's yeah. just kind of this like fangirl whatever yeah. and that leads her to have this undoubting you know this absurd love or whatever like yeah. you know then like kisses him at the end and stuff. I'm like well that's not this is kind of stupid. I I don't like that. I love the fact, you know, Laura Dern again amazing. Um Leia being in a wonderful position of power and everything and having her character have this you know strength to her is great ray not being sexualized at all fantastic mm-hmm. uh i mean seriously look look at her entire like, the entire way through there's nothing about her that is there's you know, people no, force uh, it onto her and it sucks and there's no slave bikini right nothing moment. close to it you know um, which i think <laughs> is good um i wouldn't say that i am the best person to ask you know i shouldn't be the uh the uh, the arbiter of that, but I would imagine looking it's just back in this way. Scouting grade. I think like, yeah, my scouting grade scouting isn't grade. isn't uh, doesn't matter. But I would say a seventy. I don't know. I mean, for it, Star Wars like, movies, I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, for Star Wars movies and just blockbuster movies in general, like yes. if every Michael Bay movie is a twenty. Uh, I don't even know what the 80 on this scale would yeah, be right. within the context of blockbuster cinema because so little of American blockbuster cinema doesn't like overly sexualize women. And even like the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Black Widow, like she's this strong character who's also doing like all kinds of poses where she's like sticking her butt up in the air for right. no reason, which they make fun of in Black Widow and it's very funny. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but like yeah. they, they you always do that pose. Yeah. yeah they're like, why do you do that pose? Um, yeah. And so like within that context, yeah, it, it performs admirably, but you know, I don't know. Like it kind of stands alone in that way and not sexualizing its female characters. And I do think that's part of the negative reaction that so many of so much of the toxic part of the internet has to it is that, all of the women exist in this movie. All the, the the women characters exist in this movie, not as objects of sexual desire, but like. So I, I guess like in that way, it's better than most things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like I mean, see, I haven't seen the film recently, so that's mm-hmm. why I don't feel like I can necessarily grade mm-hmm. it. But I was curious. I feel like yeah. a 70 is fair and I'm going to give a point to Chris. 
Um, and and then my other follow up question for you is if one moment or element in this movie were a person who would you want to kick down the stairs in a recycling bin? <laughs> um, uh, I guess you can only pick one. Benicio del Toro's character. <laughs> the um, one th- one of the things I praised for yeah, you. I think. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Well, like I mean, that he's but but he's the okay. Hold on. I'm just going to say this. He is the ultimate representation of everything else that everyone is dealing with. He is the actual true neutral of it. While everyone else is trying to be the sine wave, yeah, he it, is the x-axis. It, but it is also like very much like... I'm going to give you a point for that. There's, there's, he, he's very much the like the drill tweet. The wise, the wise man bowed his head and solemnly said there's no difference between good things and bad things. Right, like that's that, what that's, he, that's what he is. That's what he's doing, and I find that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Annoying, and I just don't like but his performance. And I, I that, yeah, that's like, that's fair. That's yeah. fine. I, I guess what I'm saying is the the essence of that character is is what yeah what everyone is doing, and, and like well, the but, constantly but through no, the film. But like the that's movie what does. The, I mean, like, sure, it's the it's, movie rejects it's a little bit his better. philosophy. Like he's like he's the one who's talking to Finn and saying, "There's." It's just a machine. There's no, you know, choose choose to be out, up, you know, choose not to be a part of it. There's no, like, the good guys and the bad guys, it's all the same thing. They blow right. you up, you blow them up next time. Um, the The film does reject I that. Mean, yeah, it's rejected. Okay, there's, there's two things here. There's the one element of the, the the military fight that is being rejected, right? That's what that's what you're, you know, you're talking about here mm-hmm. with, with Del Toro. I don't remember what his actual name is in this thing. I, I have no. He's idea. just that dude that happens yeah. to know, you know, all the codes. Even though they establish that, no, 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 only one knows it. No, I'm just kidding with you. Another uh, expectation that has been subverted. I, uh, but I, I mean, there's that element, yes. But he's also a representation to me of all the, um, yeah, just the, the. It's not purely good or evil. Not necessarily in the form of like resistance and fighting, but actually like every decision you're making, good or evil, is what we've. You know, he Ryan Johnson's trying to say that's not this, and that's he's the ultimate representation of that. Yeah, that's all. Shall we? I mean, it's it, it's two hours and ten minutes. If you are listening to this Back podcast and you to listen hurt. to all of this, <laughs> I am absurdly impressed by you. I cannot thank you enough for doing that. But we got it. We got a couple more things. Here. Yeah, just I mean, listening again, remembering the film only slightly. There are a few things that I have heard in the discussion that I just want to reflect back. And one of them is that I feel like it seems clear that this movie was painted into a corner by a couple of things. First of all, it was painted into a corner by the lack of substance of the first film. Mm -hmm. But I think it was also painted into a corner by the fact that this the whole template for this trilogy was basically lifted from the original trilogy. Yeah. yeah. And Definitely. so there were certain problems in terms of, well, how do we make Luke Skywalker get here? Again, that thing, that problem that I have where people like have to triangulate backwards mm-hmm. from the event that they want um, because they had to fundamentally start the universe in a similar place yeah. to the universe in A New Hope rather than like, let's just say, coming up with some other scenario. Yeah. Right. And that's not specifically this film's fault. That is like, I would even say like the franchise's fault in general. Yes. 
the other thing that I thought is that, and this was also when we were discussing Kylo Ren and what has led him to be the way that he is. In some ways, it has to be the failing of the older generation. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that those are all of the people that we love from the first set of movies. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, this movie is a the founding fathers owned slaves yeah. movie. Like mm. it has to do that yeah. to the Because of the the way they set this. Yeah, exactly. Up. Yeah. Yeah. It has to do that in order to fulfill creating the template from the first movie. There right. is no way in some ways I feel like the original sin is just being like, okay, well we're just gonna like take the archetypes yeah. from this one and we'll just like this time we'll make some of them women and people of color. And like that's great and I'm actually here. No, I think that. this is the biggest but, thing that Chris and I agree on is that how derivative the first one was and that made all of it derivative. Yeah. The I will but say, also not just derivative. They they oh yeah, have to uh, not murder their babies. They yeah. have to murder their parents yeah. in order for this to work. For this right, story, right, right. ultimately something that they have done to themselves. Yeah, for this story to exist as it does in The Force Awakens, the previous generation, their successes had to have led to massive failures. I mean, yes. we're, we're presented with an, a first order in the first movie that appears to be as or more powerful than the empire ever was i mean there's like there's like a it's like a death star but they destroy five different planets at once like it's just like we'll make it more yeah you had to yeah, that's actually the perfect to, example of like, being like you had it to is have more. messed up it is five like, instead and of so one. that that yep. does like it kind of sucks yeah like, it, it like Han Solo has to be a bad father. And like Leia, I guess she doesn't really have that, but Luke certainly, like, for him to have cut up himself off from the force and to have been impossible to find for years, something has to have gone wrong. And so that is, yeah, it's uh I think that is kind of the original sin. And and also I think part of the issue with this series is Disney seems so scared. Of like oh, yeah. making anyone upset, and so, right? They want to make as much money as possible, so that means that they don't make anything actually good, and because it's, they don't want to take any risks. Well, but I will say, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think, like I enjoy that. I've watched those movies all too many times. Right. I think they're really entertaining, and it's the same corporate structure. But I think there they did have one person who had a vision, and I do makes not know decisions. how to pronounce his name, but Kevin, Kevin Feige. Oh, so good. Um, he's he's like the. Yeah, yeah. yeah everyone great. can thank him for that. And um, with this, though, it's like Disney was playing prevent defense. Like they sure. they were trying so hard to not make anyone mad, especially with the Force Awakens, right? That they ended up making a a movie that is very fun. It's watchable. There is nothing there. Like that that movie has zero substance, and that's fine for what it is. But then the fact that they didn't seem to have a a story and a and themes that they wanted to continue throughout and were consistent with that's where it ultimately falls apart and you can't like you know in, in the last jedi they ryan johnson picks and chooses which of the questions from the original from the force awakens he wants to answer and you you mentioned that as a critique and, and i think that's fair but he had to 
And I think the way the for, the the rise of Skywalker primarily fails well, is by saying, "Well, hold on though. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off there. I'm sorry, but it's not that necessarily he picks and chooses which to answer. Is that he's taken pretty much all of them and said no. You know, right. that's I how mean, he made he, us feel. It's not like he's he's decided to answer the thing. It's he's actually sure. been like, I'm not gonna give you what sure. you want, and I'm not even gonna allow it." You know, they to to get this answer, they had to retcon stuff that happened essentially in this movie to get any. That's right, why that's, you know, that, the, that's fail, the problem. But, but that's the failure of the rise of Skywalker. Yeah, well, that well, in well, saying, in saying of, we have to retcon stuff, but you that's don't, a, another issue. But I'm, you can't yeah. undo a story that's already happened. right. But what I'm, what I'm saying it's not like he's picking and choosing. He's actively putting up a wall, being like, "You cannot. We're not. We're not doing that." And it's just like, wait, but. Sure, but he also like all right. Yes, but <laughs> you know that, we've that's what I'm saying. That yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's that's what it is. Though. Where the rise of Skywalker fails in a worse way, I think, is by saying, you know, that stuff that happened, it actually didn't. It's not saying it wasn't important. It's saying, yeah, well, no, yeah, was, rise of Skywalker. That's yeah, um, we're not gonna. And so that's like, but I think that's also a part. Like, whatever you want to say about this movie, it takes risks with the story that's that it's telling and the world that it's playing. And clearly, in your opinion, it falls short. Okay, good. I thought you said false opinion for a second, and like no. it certainly does it, fall it, short. Yeah, yes. and okay. um, close. And so, <laughs> like that is, but like it at least tried. You right. know, like whatever else you want to say about this movie, it tried to do something interesting with this story. Mm-hmm. And clearly, there's a segment of the fan base that didn't like that. I think it's probably overstated. I think if you like listen to people on the internet, they'll make you think it's like eighty twenty dislike this movie and it's not that um it's just very very vocal well well i will say this this is the last the last jedi debate i will do okay because this is this is i think i think uh, i i'll pretty much just say watch over two hours please I've, I've or listen reached, to this podcast and that's that's all you need that's I have, it i've expressed everything i have I mostly reached the point when people are mad at me on twitter <laughs> that i like this movie it's just like okay yeah, like well, I used to engage it in like. Well, I mean, and now it's just like we're, we're we we understand you don't each have other. To, here. You don't have to like the movie, you know. Like, it, right. Me liking this movie, it doesn't mean anything to you, like it or it shouldn't. It, it's like, like it, me enjoying Funky Town. I love that song. I think it's like a top ten song. I don't expect everybody else to feel that's a top ten song, but for me, Funky Town, top ten. Top ten is a strong take. I, exactly. Not, wouldn't I'm, rank it that high. I know. I don't expect you to, and that's okay. I'm giving I'm giving Chris a point for that. It, it tried, even if it failed. But that's yeah. not the debate, is, though. Is, the debate is not about did it try. It's about we're talking about is this the well, number three so, Star Wars no, film no, no, and that way it failed. In, in comparison to the other two movies in this trilogy. But that doesn't. But just because it tried doesn't mean it was good. No, but it, it means it was interesting. It, I, I think not just that it tried to make a movie, but that it attempted to do interesting things. Right. But I don't, I don't believe inherently that makes it. That's a positive I think quality. I think, I, I think that it results in some positive. If, it, if the, if the end point is a positive thing, then it's good. So, so, yes. so then it can it can try to do a, a lot of things, but it doesn't mean that those are good things. So then we'll we'll, we'll move on to the the closing. Yes, well, yes. Do you have any other closing? And now we're going to say closing statement. Say. We're going to leave yeah. this without the S this the time. Th- both of us so adhere to that. The question of whether it's the third best Star Wars movie. I think you you probably want to work from the bottom. To see where it ends up. It's going to take a while. And so for me, uh, Attack of the Clones is by far the worst Star Wars We movie. can agree with this. The Rise of Skywalker, I actually, I don't know if Attack of the Clones is by far the worst movie. 
Rise of Skywalker is a really bad movie. But it's a visual feast. <laughs> right. That's what that, that's what separates it. Yeah. The the characters are better. The Sure. So that's why it's better than Tag of the Clones. I would say Revenge of the Sith is the third worst. Uh, just in the Skywalker saga. Not including Rogue One and, and Solo. Yeah, so you're saying Phantom Menace is worse than Revenge of the Sith. Oh, no, Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. okay, I was about to say. I think uh, we can all agree. There's a lot of things I like about it, right. but... And I, I do want to say, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to really go too far into this, because this is not what the debate is, you know? So I'm going to let you keep going. Um, Revenge of the Sith is yeah. fourth. It has some really good stuff. I sure. love, the, it, yeah. love the, the scene on the lava planet, Mustafar is what mm-hmm. it's called. Yep, yep. Obi-Wan, incredible. Ewan McGregor. Um, we've established the wonderful yeah. uh, so that's five blessing right no that's four uh, so that's the bottom four yeah, you have solo you have rogue one not including those though oh you're not just at all just doing the skywalker saga just the main interesting because I would uh, say that in the top three I would have always put rogue one above this Ro- film I think and it's that, in the discussion me, rogue one to me is the film you wanted is the one that you actually is like you separate everything and it's its own standalone that actually showcases hey this means something this yeah. matters they did that really well, and that I actually felt connected to the characters they introduced to that and had a finale, and it was like a compact experience that this movie kind of wanted to be, but it couldn't because yeah. it's in the middle of this trilogy. Yeah. Um, I think that's third or fourth, so if you include those. Okay. Um, so really the only contention here is Last Jedi versus Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi and... Uh, Force Awakens, I guess. Force Awakens. Right. I think it's better than Force Awakens. Um, I think you made that clear, yeah. I think I would put that fifth from the bottom and then i would go return of the jedi because return of the jedi it just kind of drags that that is a movie for me that drags there's there's long stretches of that like the the jabba's palace scene takes forever there's a lot it's so fun it is uh to a certain extent i've well, always i've always appreciated the, like where boba fett is this like huge deal and we're doing this new series and i'm really excited about it i'm sure it's gonna be great but yeah, uh, he's not really much of anything in that. Like he gets killed, yeah. Yeah, I'm killed by a blind Han Solo. I'm not going to say it's the greatest film um, ever. And so, like, I think there's some really good stuff in it. Don't love the Ewoks. There's Endor. Yeah, Endor. Yeah, you again, hate the whole Endor. Kind of drags a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, so I would put that next. Uh, so it really comes down for me to A New Hope versus The Last Jedi. I think Empire Strikes Back is so clearly wait, the best Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. We, we established that number two is A New Hope. We're talking about number three for you. But now you're you're going into... Maybe, no, I've already gotten two. What's two? Empire that's, Strikes Back and... That's what we're trying to figure out. Empire Strikes Back is number one. I thought you're, I thought the debate is you're establishing yeah, Last Jedi three. is at least three. Oh, man. Okay, uh, okay. I'm not going to allow this to carry on this long. We're just talking about The Last Jedi here. Okay, you're saying it's three. You're saying it's above The Force Awakens and uh, and a new uh, Return of the Jedi. Yes, I would disagree. I think as far as Force Awakens goes, it sure it doesn't set up well. It does damaging things that we've established. But as far as a standalone as a film for Star Wars, that ticks a lot more boxes and does a lot more things of expectation and fun and enjoyment that we're all looking. Well, that the majority of us are looking for from a Star Wars film. It's it's just more of an enjoyable, well-paced, fun film. While this one is just too disjointed, as we've talked about for a while. Clearly, you both we agree on that. I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, we were, I was going to bring up Rogue One. You just kind of push that away, well, I, I, and that's I agree fine. That that's then I'm the not going to bring it yeah, up. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think way above. For me, it's above Force Awakens. Return of the Jedi. 
Sure, I mean, it does have its faults, but I mean, that's does such a great job of concluding that series. It yeah. really does. It's 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 a, to me just a more well put together film, and clearly, I think there's just a, 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 it, that's that's the faults. I mean, that okay. There's are you joking? Like we just talked about an Italian casino on an alien planet being filler. Like there, it's, it's not a not filler. a not a not even close to me. About about the filler and the the problems with the Last Jedi versus Return of the Jedi. It's I mean it's just way not even close to even consider that in my book. Um, but we've talked about this before. We've for the past two hours very quickly. The characters are too spread out, and it's just nothing is actually feeling like, like a strength and powerful development among any characters, save for Kylo Ren. That's the only redeeming quality I feel of this movie. Even Ray's transitions and everything just don't feel great. Luke is destroyed in this, and it's horrible. The one visual feast is the best part of this, save for the Kylo Ren stuff, but really it looks wonderful and great, and everything just feels like a slap in the face of just, hey, you expected this thing, haha, gotcha. That's not going to be it whatsoever. They have so many little things that they could have fixed, as we talked about, and they just went a different direction that just made a lot of it feel just worthless, and by the end of the film... I was just disappointed and not really excited at all. The things that I was anticipating to have any sort of pull and thread to keep me coming back just was just severed and done. And I remember in the theater sitting in my seat with my head in my hands as the credits rolled on screen. It's just disappointing. I'm giving a point to Nick because I think whatever narrative problems Return of the Jedi has, I don't think that they are. There's not as much of a, a storytelling cluster fork in that film as there is in the uh, Good Place rules. Yes, yes. So, uh, so closing arguments dispensed with. I want to say that my tally here is that Nick has nine points. Yes. And Chris also has nine points. Yes! I would like to point out that one of Chris's points is how could a movie with Laura Dern I think it's be a valid bad? point. I think it's a valid point. And I think point. that one, one of Nick's points valid. was uh, talking about the uh, sign curve and yes. the uh, x-axis of... His grade was clearly inflated. Of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, th- I, think, I think they're both valid points. I'm just... I'm just Clarifying that, like, so, there's there's a couple of points that might be questionable to some, but I think regardless. So, who is going to be the decider then? Well, the comments and everyone on Twitter. Yes. You tell us who won. Yes. Yeah, but you can't you can't tell us your opinion. You have to say who won exactly. this debate. It's different. Very different. So, thank you so much for joining us, friends. Oh, and thank you guys for being here specifically in the Pitchless studio to record this. We've never done this. Thanks this for is having the, us. the very first three person in person podcast. This disorienting live sound stream. room. Yeah, the, it's the murder room, as yeah, Fast likes to is, call it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, uh, but thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you all for watching and listening. So, my name is Nick Pollock, and those are my friends, Chris Towers and Elena Dare.